Yeah. <laughs> you don't love a bit of raw, though. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. It's definitely a name you can tell they came up with in the 90s. Shit slaps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very Jerry Springer, isn't it? Someone, someone told Vince, oh, we should call it Raw, and he was like, that's good shit, pal. <laughs> Such good shit. But he didn't know he didn't know what the context was behind it. Oh, no. it's Like uh, Jerry Lawler suggested it at a meeting. It's one of the things that I always find really funny, because I listen to Stephen Larson, um, and their show is called Going In Raw. And <laughs> they, not only do they call their show Going In Raw, but their intros to each show is that they've had people like record wrestlers doing intros for them so you've got cody rhodes looking like really unimpressed just being like this is cody rhodes and you're listening to going in raw <laughs> it's just like a bunch of wrestlers just being like going in raw <laughs> uh, of course cody so, rhodes would be the unfunny one about that yeah charlotte they have one of charlotte flair doing it and she pulls a little face afterwards so she was like i can't believe i just said that <laughs> and uh yeah no, I love Stephen Larson there. Very good show. Very better, Very better podcast than I do. But, wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're not the professionals. We're the we're in the amateur leagues. We're in the we're, we're the we're the GCWs of the world. Oh. Much fun. Exactly, fine. exactly. I, yeah. Um, it's funny you mentioned GCW. Actually, I don't know. Was that on purpose? Mm-hmm. Oh. Sorry, because of what's happening the... today. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. That was the breaking news I was talking about. The thing is, I was going to roll straight into the biddle. Ah, yes. But I had a bunch of ravioli in my mouth, so I was like, I better wait until I've done this, and now we can play the biddle. Ravioli-filled biddle. Um, why don't you tell us? Insert the biddle here. Hmm. Let's talk about what's happening with GCW. Yeah, so this is a, a Grappling Beans. We're back after a couple mm. of weeks, obviously. We had our, we're on our bi-weekly rotation now, so we do the video games twice a month and the wrestling twice a month. Um, so yeah, we're, we're back with the Grappling Beans for a post-Money in the Bank version of Grappling Beans. Uh, Cashing in. We, we are, and we're also less than a month away from the from the end of Season 2. Uh, with things maybe getting a bit closer than I'm comfortable with. Oh, shit. I forgot mm. about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but first, um, as always, it's been a, another packed couple of weeks news-wise. So, and you're going you're gonna to love this one. What's the haps with the graphs? Oh, wow. <laughs> wow, um, wow, wow, wow. <laughs> as we've already mentioned it, we may as well uh, get that out of the way with um, breaking news from literally just as we're about set to record. Um, Matt Cardona um, has beaten Nick Gage to become the GCW champion in what looked to be an incredibly bloody match. Uh, um, I, I don't know any of the details about it. I've yet to read about it. Um, but yeah, obviously this has been a bit of an ongoing feud between Cardona and Gage. Um, a lot of kind of insider shit being thrown around with gage constantly re referring to cardona as zach Ryder, <laughs> um, and basically everyone being like yeah this this ex wwe pretty boy is gonna get murdered by nick gage um and apparently that's not happened right that's not the it's, case it's not the case um and then just before we uh jump into that i'm just yeah. gonna restart this because oh, no. a little bit 
a little bit you're a little bit uh jumping through so hang on Ooh, it just refreshed my page <laughs> hello hello is it is it fine <laughs> it's fine now it's all good um yeah so we were in the process of talking about matt cardona winning the gcw world championship mm. w homecoming um following a long twitter feud of big indie deathmatch guy versus ex pretty boy wwe guy um and yeah in something of a shocker matt cardona has won the world title from nick gage in uh what looked to be yeah a, a pretty brutal looking match um it seems like uh nick gage maybe uh took him for a ride there you you, you might be right um i will say that zach Ryder, for for someone who was yeah so popular as a babyface as zach Ryder. Um, I think Matt Cardona is doing a fantastic job at working these GCW fans with his heel shtick. He he seems to be like the perfect kind of anti GCW hardcore guy. Um, that was, would be a good foil for someone like a, a Nick Gage. Yeah, yeah. I'm just showing Charlotte some of the gifts from this match. Oh dear. Um, <laughs> I've not seen the, any. With the, I presume they're not with pretty. The, uh, light tube smashed over the head, oh, and God. then using the jagged edges to cut Matt Cardona up. Oh. It's not for me. I like part of me wants to watch this match because it's like, oh shit, I can't believe this actually happened. But also, oh, this sort of thing just isn't for me anymore. <laughs> no. We spoke about it on I... the Nick Gage episode of uh, Dark Side of the Ring, didn't we? Where I'm just like, this sort of thing, I'm just like, I just don't know if it's worth it. You can get just as big of a pop by probably not mutilating yourselves. Yeah, but like I think like Nick Gage gets a pass because he is that's that's his True. shtick he's like, at this point. I wouldn't say he's the originator, he's like, but he kind of he's no. he's definitely one of the the modern day bannermen of deathmatch wrestling. And like you he's he's it's not that he's like it's not that like he's safe about it because mm. but he's the cleanest deathmatch wrestler you can get he on the market. He knows what at the he's doing. Yeah, I think that's probably a big part of the reason why when David Arquette wanted to come in and do something like this, it would be Nick Gage you'd choose because it's like, well, if anyone knows how to do a death match and make it, I suppose as safe as possible, <laughs> um, then, then he's probably the guy. This, this is your guy. But like, this is, this is such a bizarre story because it, whenever you bring a, someone like a Zach, well, as a Matt Cardona into... I keep calling him Zach Ryder by accident as well. <laughs> yeah, whenever you like bring a da- guy in like this, you try to make him your top baby face, and mm. you try to make him, you know, t- you turn the tables on the crowd and they start loving him like a yeah. Tommy Dreamer. Well, like Tommy Dreamer is the blueprint of all of this shtick. Yeah, yeah. And... It seems like they've gone like, actually, what if we just made him like the anti GCW and have him as our champion? And well, yeah, because you'd like people support him and everything like that because everyone likes to, you know, everyone likes to be reversing. Well, exactly. Uh, Yeah, I mean, he's a he's a baby face everywhere else. Um, uh When now he's an impact, he's a baby face, um, which we'll get to in a bit. Um, when he worked in AEW, he was a babyface. Um, it's just this hardcore crowd, and it's like he just seems like a a perfect character to have as a heel. Um, yeah, so. and it's not even that it's not even that he's a heel. Like he, he's just being himself. Yeah. Like he is. He's he's still doing the same stuff. Yeah, but it's the crowd just... that kind of it's through that lens of that crowd where they're like, yeah, yeah. he's the fucking corporate guy. 
he's not one of us. He's not been in our world before, sort of thing. So, and this is this is definitely, you know, every time one of these guys go through this, you're like, ah, they're gonna piss, you know, they're gonna pussy out yeah. and this, that, and the other. And it's like, nah, he, he seems to have gone through the ringer. Yeah, no, big big respect to to Matt Cardona. It's always it's one of these things about deathmatch wrestling that while I say I don't particularly enjoy watching it it's one of the things i do enjoy about it is that usually when someone comes in to do like a big blowout hardcore match with like blood and guts and all that sort of thing um they come out of it with like a a newfound respect from the fans um and i think that's going to happen with matt cardona because i mean i've can i've only seen the pictures of him with the belt where his white shirt is literally completely stained red um so there is a video here from wrestling resource the sportster the sportster um, video uh, video of his celebration, and they are chucking garbage into the yeah, ring. Yeah, I can see there's like beer cans all over the ring and shit. Uh, which is perfect. This is I. This is absolutely ideal for them. Yeah, definitely. Like because everyone's going to get super riled up as they come back. Mm. Um, but this is yeah, I, I, this is really this is really good. I think this will raise Cardona's stock quite considerably. Um. The most recent example I can think of something similar happening was um, Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa in AEW with their Lights Out match at the start of the year. Um, mm. That was really maybe a bit less so for Thunder Rosa because people already kind of really thought she was a badass. But Britt Baker coming out of that um, Lights Out match in January, um, I think that's that was the kind of last big push that she really needed for people to be like, yeah, she's ready for the championship because... The shit that they did in that match, it's like, damn, she's she's tough. <laughs> she's t- yeah. It was kind of like the the Becky Lynch thing, where it's like, oh yeah, she's a badass now. Um, and yeah, I think that was the thing that kind of tipped Britt Baker over the edge into popularity enough to be able to take the title from Shida. Um, and I think yeah, similar things probably going to happen to Cardona here. I think he's going to be a far hotter commodity now that he's done this. So oh, absolutely. While I this probably is... won't watch the match, I'm like, yeah, fair one, nicely done. I might give the match a watch. Yeah, I say I will watch it. We'll, once, we'll see. <laughs> once it is uh, uh, released to the public. Oh, of course. In, yeah, in, I just, I just assumed. It. <laughs> um, I don't know if it's on like a streaming service or something. I don't know how GCW no, air. I assume it'll be on like a fight network or whatever it's called. Yeah, probably something like that. Um, but yeah. So that was that. That was all happening today. Um, we have got a little bit more news later on from stuff that happened today, um, but we will get to that. Um, I guess the first thing that I'll start off with, we'll get the the saddest news out of the way with um, to begin with um, from the past couple of weeks, um, which would be the passing of Paul Orndorff, uh, Mister Wonderful. Yes, Mister Wonderful. Yeah. Um, uh, he was seventy one um, when he passed away um, and has been battling dementia um, for many years at this point. Um, and also was a cancer survivor, which is something I wasn't aware of personally. Um, but yeah, his health seemed to deteriorate very quickly um, earlier this year. And uh, yeah, he finally passed away um, over the past couple of weeks there. Um, mm, uh, yeah, he was not in. He was not in well. He wasn't well during his last. No, few years he's, he's been through like a, a weird few years when you kind of look at him in the public eye at the very least, because I mean. He was in WCW until it pretty much ended um, in like 2000, 2001, where he was one of the trainers there. But he did wrestle like mm. the odd match and he looked really old <laughs> um, in, in like 2000, 2001, um, especially because 
um, of his neck troubles. Uh, one side of his body had really badly atrophied. Um, so he's like super jacked on the left side of his body and really skinny on the right side. It's kind of weird to look at. Um, but then he obviously was out of the public eye for quite a few years once WCW went under until he was brought back for stuff like the Hall of Fame and also for the Hulk Hogan appreciation night or something like that. Um, where realistically he actually looked pretty good, um, for his age. He had an awesome mustache. Um, he came out in his ring jacket and shit and you're like, damn, that's a, that's a legend of wrestling right there. Um, and then, yeah, in, in recent times he's been in like a home for his dementia, I believe. And yeah, stuff has come out that didn't look particularly good on his part. You could see that he had deteriorated a fair amount. Um, and yeah, just a very sad story because obviously he is a, like a legendary figure in wrestling um yeah and it seems like his son was trying to battle like the, the you know basically mm. the home and apparently stuff like his, that. yeah he wasn't treated particularly well um in in this dementia home i don't really know the specifics of it um but obviously it is a it is the sort of thing where if you're in one of those homes and they are treating you badly that's fucking dreadful because that's actually the one thing they're supposed to be doing <laughs> is is caring for you and if they're not giving you the care you need then then what's the point of being there you know Mm. um but yeah uh, obviously a fantastic career um in in the space of wrestling um uh, being one of hogan's great kind of early rivals um in the early 80s um obviously culminating with him being part of the first wrestlemania main event as well um alongside mr t and hulk hogan and roddy piper so big part of history um i'll, I'll also say on a personal note i think he had one of the best cheesy entrance themes of all time um I absolutely love his WCW theme, which is just this operatic lady singing about how wonderful he is. <laughs> is that it? Mr. Wonderful? Yeah, that's his WCW theme, yeah. Um, and it's a brilliant, brilliant theme song. Absolutely love it. Um, and he also introduced the wrestling world to Gary Spivey, the psychic, um, in WCW. In uh, I think it was Fall Brawl that OSW reviewed. Um, that's the dude with the golf ball with on his the big head. big white hair, yeah. <laughs> they did like a tie-in with Gary Spivey. Uh, specifically with Mr. Wonderful because he was like on a losing streak and he was like, why can't I win? And then he brings in Gary Spivey who's just like, you're wonderful, man. And he's like, yeah, I am wonderful. And then he starts winning again. Yeah. Gary. Oh God, I haven't thought about Gary Spivey in a long time. Weirdly enough, I Googled him like a week ago um, and his hair's just gotten bigger over the years. (laughs) It's just gotten bigger and bigger. Um, Oh my God. Yeah, big hair on (laughs) Gary Spivey. He flanderized himself. Pretty much, pretty much. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Paul Orndorff, uh, fantastic worker, great character, um, and <laughs> one of those figures. Um, I presume she's just you've just seen the, the Gary just, Spivey. Just show them a picture of Gary Spivey. <laughs> oh my god, it's a tan as well. It's not real hair, right? It can't be. No, I, it's it. It's definitely always been like his shtick of like this is his wig. It's and not even stuff, like a wig. But... It's like a helmet. From his poodle, <laughs> just shaved his pubes, just cut it off and just shaved and stuff together. We've we've <laughs> we've cracked the code. Cracked the code, yeah. <laughs> you know Gary Spivey's secrets. He's uh, he, you know, there's that that classic image from TLC, uh, the <laughs> psychic medium healer, Gary Spivey. Oh, God. You know, I was going to use like a picture of like Matt Cardona or something as the podcast start for this week, but I think now it might just be WCW legend Gary Spivey. Matt has been uh, ousted by Gary Spivey. Um, Obviously going to be the next challenger for the GCW world title. (laughs) 
Um, but yeah, Paul Orndorff, um, last thing I'll say really is, is he, it was one of those figures that I personally didn't have much of a connection to, obviously, cause I didn't grow up with him. I, I've only seen kind of bits and pieces from back in the day. Um, but when he did pass away, it was one of those ones that did hit me a bit harder than I thought it might. Cause I was like, yeah, he is an important figure and I have enjoyed everything I've seen from him. So yeah, it's a real shame. Yeah. He's, you know. Like Lance, um, Lance Storm was on there on Twitter saying, "Like, hey, maybe if someone I know Raw's been taped, but can someone just tack on like yes. a thirty-second tribute if possible?" Easy as anything. And, then they, and then I think they did it on SmackDown instead. Mm, yeah. Um. So sad news aside, we'll move to the biggest news of the week, arguably, um, which I have deemed Brian and Punk reportedly sign with AEW. <laughs> Um, yeah, the what the fuck's going the, on? <laughs> <laughs> like, I think every year there is always the CM Punk is coming Always-y. back to, yeah. um, and obviously, like, since Daniel Bryan recovered from his head rocking yes. injuries and stuff like that, like, um, there's always been the rumors of like, ah, he's gonna do another stint in WWE and then he'll leave. Yeah, and it seems like that stint has come to a close because I, yeah, I, uh, they, I'm shocked. <laughs> shocked. Um, there, there is, there's multiple like, you know, reports and stuff like that about Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan seems to be more contractual. Yeah. Stuff. Um, it seems like whatever talks WWE were with, uh, new Japan to have went very Bryan cold from, very quickly. Yeah. Because, Hey, the forbidden door got knocked down and new japan seems to be very into aw again oh, yeah. all of a sudden yeah uh, probably because they've got access to american wrestlers that they've can't bring over to japan at the minute yeah but it's a very it's a mutually beneficial pairing i would say between aw and new japan um and yeah actually looking at the kind of what's come out about the daniel bryan situation at the very least um that seems to be one of the big factors that made bryan make the jump um so uh, I would say it was kind of late on Sunday night as Money in the Bank was happening that I saw the news about Brian Danielson slash Daniel Bryan uh, reportedly signing with AEW. Um, I I will eat my humble pie. <laughs> I will say this because... Your humble pie. Because I specifically remember probably about a month ago um, saying anyone who believes Daniel Bryan is going to AEW is an idiot. <laughs> um, <laughs> I sat there and I said, WWE will not let Daniel Bryan go because he's a very popular figure with both mm-hmm. the casual and hardcore audiences. Um, he's everyone likes to point in the air and say yes. Exactly. Um, he's he's kind of said, or at least it's been reported that he's not like a hundred percent happy with what he does in WWE, and that he kind of creatively would want to be doing more. But I figured mm-hmm. that WWE would throw enough money at him to kind of placate that kind of side of him where he'd be like, okay, I'm not strictly a hundred percent into what I'm doing, but they're paying me an awful lot of money to do this. Uh, I've got obviously a, a family to look after. I've got young children. I'm just going to go ahead and d- do this and it'll be fine. Um, and yeah, I was, I was convinced that he was a lifer for WWE from now on, but apparently that's not the case. Um, as, as big Dick, Tony Khan, um, <laughs> has, has wandered in and, and thrown his offer on the table um the actual billionaire tony khan yeah he's he's got money to burn and he's gonna burn it on brian danielson um apparently 
yeah, just a, a far more agreeable deal for Daniel Bryan with with less dates for a similar amount of money so he can be home with his family because that's kind of his priority. And um, also the potential for working with uh, AAA. AAA and, and New Japan as well. Um, and probably Impact at this yeah, point. Yeah, he just wants to have all the so. good matches. <laughs> um, and, and honestly, who can blame him? Um, and also apparently more creative input on his character, which kind of goes without saying yeah, whenever you move which... away from WWE, basically. Um, yeah, like, um, you know, if you are a ex-WWE star, AEW is going to make sure that you have... Uh, you can kind of yeah they'll make sure that you are kind of what you wanted to be in wwe because i mean a lot of these people that come out of wwe are obviously very talented and they have a great idea of what they wanted their character to be because most of them grew up with wrestling and they're fans of wrestling so they know what they're talking about but usually it's kind of the the creative chains that wwe put on you that kind of skew it and make it not quite as you wanted it and so on um malachi black being a an example of this um he's pretty much yeah, been given he, free reign now to do what he wants because i think i think like it's not everybody gets like full like full on creative control of like everything that sure. they, because you know hey i don't think Brody lee would have wanted to have come out in those purple spandexes unless you know <laughs> that was really his creative vision i can um, i can tell you for a fact he didn't come into AEW being like i'm going to be the leader of the dark order he got signed and then he was approached with the idea and he was like, yeah, go on then. Yeah. So it's sort of like, yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, I'm trying to think. That was from an Evil Uno interview, by the way, just in case anyone's like, where did Jacob get this? <laughs> um, Evil Uno. I'm, try I'm, that. I'm trying to think who, uh, who else from WWE has come in and just sort of like, you know, the, the, they're not they're very clearly not in creative like true creative like, you know aw well, is for, a bit more flexible yeah than... for better or for worse look at someone like miro um miro came in yes. and was exactly as he wanted to be which is i'm a gamer i'm a twitch streamer basically and it was fine for a while but really not that great uh and they've kind of tweaked it now and miro he, he's god's favorite champion he's the redeemer and he's just a fucking badass and i'd love miro right now and that's very clearly someone went to him like look it was funny it you know we didn't really have much for you to do at the start mm. we just wanted you yeah um now you know like uh, the they wrote out the the past stuff with him being a gamer it would literally he wrote it off with kip saban and he's like we lost this match against the best friends because I'm a fucking clown right now. I'm not going to be a clown anymore. I'm going to be a badass. And he's become the TNT champion and he's doing great. So, yeah. That's good. Yeah. Um, also, surprising surprising myself there when I went like, let me just think of which WWE guys have come into AW yeah. and really struggling to because what do you mean AEW stands for all x wwe doesn't it <laughs> <laughs> like if you really go down the list like I... even even there even the major major stars mm. like a sting or a chris jericho chris jericho wasn't really in wwe for the last 
Well, yeah, like uh, what, five years. When when you said that, and I was trying to think of a few before I thought of Miro, I was like Christian Cage. Yeah, he's not been there for like eight years. Uh, no, Matt Hardy, no. and I'm like a lot of Matt Hardy's current character and his broken character was Impact based, not WWE based. Yep. So um, yeah, yeah. That, that's Let's see Cody that's, Rhodes. That's a nice. He just does what he wants. <laughs> Uh, he's exactly what he wants to be (laughs) for better or worse um but yeah but uh so yeah the the daniel bryan stuff Mm. is more contractual like hey uh, this ain't working out for me lads see ya yeah uh but the cm punk stuff though yeah seems to be the uh the wwe method of here is a sack of cash with a dollar sign on it pretty much by the sounds and here's another one (laughs) um yeah literally within days of the daniel bryan announcement happening um rumblings that cm punk was discussing an in-ring return with AEW quickly became stories of punk being locked in and and signed fully um sign um the, the it seems like his uh time on the outside of wrestling has come to an end i believe it's uh it's been yeah it's it's been long enough um and the money well has dried up he, from whatever ufc were giving him yeah and he did like a few movies and stuff um but i don't know if he finally had the realization where he's like this is where kind of i'm gonna be able to get the most out of my kind of name and whatever do you think those uh mystery appearances by on the indie circuit as a masked unknown what kind of might have reignited like, things for him yeah do you think that was like his test run Could do. like not 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 as a, not as in like oh i'm gonna go out and be cm punk it's like let me see if i can still do this wrestling thing yeah. actually yeah and i'm sure um, he can he's a great wrestler um obviously oh, he was not, doing it for not, years and not, years so it's no doubt that he can you know wrestle mm. that's not that it's more i think it was more of like can my body do this still true he's not exactly the youngest anymore and yeah he's not been in and ring shape for a while like let me just see if this staff infection is going to explode oh, or man. not <laughs> we're gonna need to take another video of cm punk's butt <laughs> <laughs> i forgot about the unlisted cm punk butt video everyone look uh, at this we're innocent look at cm punk's butt <laughs> <laughs> they just disproved themselves <laughs> um in relation to the cm punk story actually um somewhat serendipitously um AEW's go home shows for the next pay-per-view um as well as the pay-per-view itself are all in chicago um oh! so he reportedly uh, almost 99 percent will make his debut there if he is signed um and it will absolutely blow the roof off the place um oh like so this story came out of like fucking nowhere yeah just like the daniel bryan do, one <laughs> do you think like conspiratorially oh tinfoil hats on do you tinfoil hat on fully on all the way on like do you think someone from the back office of AEW leaked it to the press so that the tickets will sell out immediately mm. for the Chicago shows. It is funny you say that, because I have seen reports since this news has come out that ticket prices for All Out have absolutely skyrocketed um, on the resale market. The, the, the show itself is, is sold out, um, but on the resale market, yeah, tickets have at least doubled in price. And then you've probably got like a, a dynamite 
Yeah, so... Like the next day or whatever? Well, this is the thing. The, the current thing that the news sites are saying is that obviously they've got these go-home shows, so they've got the week's worth of TV before All Out, um, which would be Dynamite, obviously Dark Elevation, um, and their new show, Rampage. Um, those oh, Fuck, how many shows are they running? So... It... As far as I'm aware, they obviously run Dynamite live on yeah. the road. They also tape Dark Elevation before the show, I think, um, which is like five or so matches. Um, they do AW Dark back at Daly's place still. Um, okay. And they'll be doing Rampage on the road as well. Yeah. So they've got four shows. What's, <laughs> what's Rampage? It's still not really been said. It's going to be their Friday show on TNT. Um, which is, it, it, as far as we know right now, it's just another wrestling show. There's not particularly much of a gimmick on it, although some people have said what they want it to be. Like Kenny Omega said, I want more focus on the women um, on okay. Rampage. Um, as obviously he's kind of, the, the, as far as I'm aware, still the guy who kind of directs is... the women side of things. Um, and I mean, people on on reddit seem to want it to be like a more adult based show because it's on slightly later so you can have some slightly edgier stuff on there nice. we don't really know there's only been kind of promos um in terms of like here's a wrestler standing in a warehouse rampage is coming soon <laughs> that, that's pretty much all they've shown I can, ima- I can imagine the fucking boiler room that they've had the guy stand in i'm not gonna lie pretty much yeah and there's like lightning effects on everyone and, and stuff like that perfect um, that's exactly what i want out of my wrestling so yeah dynamite elevation and rampage are all going to be from chicago before all out um and apparently people think or at least the news sites seem to think that he's probably going to be on dynamite beforehand at the very least probably to drive buys for the pay-per-view just to say i'm oh, gonna be there shit. yeah so like uh like they did with um with uh andrade with andrade yeah and also obviously the week before revolution this year they had paul white come out and be like we've got a big signing that's gonna be turning up uh the pay-per-view and it was christian cage um so it's a similar thing god. it's it's, it's a non-match rest- oh my god my mum's facetiming oh. me Go away, mum. Hello, hello, mother. <laughs> um, what do you think about CM Punk? <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the, yeah, like I know that old, that age old adage of when wrestling is good, it's really good. Oh, yeah. And I think this is the like I know nothing, nothing could possibly happen. Like this is the thing, nothing could happen. <laughs> AW might just be keeping quiet so that they don't fucking disappoint anyone. Yeah. True. And just riding the pay-per-view high like the fucking carnies that actually run it. Well, yeah. Um but at the same time, like, hey, if this fucking if this fucking shit happens, like I think I might be all back in on AW. Yeah. Again. I mean, I, I I tell you every week. <laughs> I tell you every week is the best wrestling going. Um yeah, I, I personally think that yeah, this combined with Brian, it's like, holy shit, this is gonna get a lot of eyes on AEW that I don't think were on it before. Um, and it's going to put it even more in the public eye, which I think is fantastic for them. Um, yeah. It's, it's, and it puts, it puts, it's not only that, but it puts eyes on like three or four other wrestling companies all at the fucking same time, which is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they're all kind of, they've all realized that it's not a bad thing if we kind of band together against the, the big boy that is WWE. Uh, so it's like, yeah, we'll, we'll be amicable and we'll trade talent back and forth. And it's like, lovely. 
Luke, like Luke Cage, uh, Doc Gallows, and um, and uh, you call him Luke Carl Cage. Anderson. <laughs> I was about to call him Luke Cage. <laughs> yeah, Gallows. Yeah, Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson, the Good Brothers. Uh, the Good Brothers are more or less AEW at this point. Like they've yeah. been on AEW every week, pretty much. Yeah, they're they're officially signed to Impact, but yeah, because they're Kenny's goons. Um, they've just they've just been on AEW each week as well. Um, so good for them. Probably twice the paydays, you know, or maybe just one big payday. Hey. You know, AEW like, hey, you know, Carl Anderson's probably got divorce papers to sign oh, at some man. point. All of that stuff that it just comes out every now and then. His wife just being like, "What's he fucking done now?" <laughs> <laughs> He's a drunk. Well, yeah. Um. But yeah, Punk and Brian, obviously, yeah, all of the. The hyper side. Um, there's going to be some fantastic dream matches. We're probably going to be able to see with these guys in the company. Um, I'm just thinking, like, obviously, obviously, Kenny Omega is, is number one for for both of them because um, Kenny Omega is the best wrestler in the world. So mm-hmm. Kenny Omega versus Daniel Bryan is like, oh my god. Kenny Omega versus like CM they, Punk is also, oh my god. <laughs> like they, you know, they have history daniel bryan and kenny omega with one of the funniest exchanges in all of uh on the npwg uh which is like weirdly i'm looking forward to seeing them maybe like kenny omega leaning into his a little bit more comedy shtick oh yeah because kenny omega uh, well he is like he is the belt collector and he is you know the guy right now there's still a comedic element to his character he's a fucking goof he just happens oh, to yeah. also be the best wrestler in the world yeah like come on you don't you don't grow your beard like that oh i love the mustache every time Seriously. it comes on, on screen i show hannah and she's like Ugh. <laughs> and i'm <laughs> so, like that's the so, point that's why he does this and also is that is that more of like to gauge interest in like what if Hannah wants me to grow yeah, a mustache uh, like look, this? Look Should this. I try? I could grow a little Should Triple I... H handlebar mustache. <laughs> I can imagine you with it as well. Start finishing my sentences with the. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would also like have it maybe connect to your eyebrows. Just let your eyebrows go even more wild. Oh yeah, because my eyebrows are crazy. <laughs> so so like grow grow your eyebrows into the beard i'll just so that you're just one big connected <laughs> just be loop. like cousin it i'm just gonna be all hair <laughs> <laughs> um yeah aside from kenny omega i'm just trying, just thinking of, of people i'd love to see brian and like, up against and i'm thinking like I, obviously i would love i would love to see uh darby allen Ooh. against a cm punk yeah because it's, it's not like it's not okay the matches will be fine but it is more of like, I want Punk to start fucking promoing his ass off about Darby Allen and Sting. And that's the funny thing, and just because as soon as um as we were as I brought up the point where I was like, who do we want to see them go up against? I started thinking about matches that I wanted Daniel Bryan to have, whereas I started to think of promos that I wanted CM Punk to have against other people. Um, like, and I'm just thinking like CM Punk and MJF in like a promo war. Holy shit! I. I don't think I think that would be Oh my god. They would tear each other that'd to be, shreds. It might be, be like a, a tad too smarky, probably. Uh, <laughs> but Well, that's the thing, is like I 
like even Punk's most smarkiest um, promo, mm. you know the, the, the Paul. I, I'm speaking to Paul Levesque. Uh, oh yeah. Um, like even that wasn't that smarky in hindsight. True, I suppose. When you think about it, it's just like yeah, everyone knows his name is not fucking Triple Eight. <laughs> no one <laughs> names their son Hunter Hurst Helmsley. Everyone knows he's not called Triple. Yeah, like um, but and you know the I, the rest of the promo was like kind of very storyline based which was mm. you know that was the height of the authority and stuff like that so it's like yeah you want to be a fucking big shot on it everything like but with mjf like fuck me yeah I, it'd be pretty like wild. i i would i would buy a pay-per-view just for them to speak for three hours <laughs> um and then also yeah matches with I think both of them would match up very well with Orange Cassidy. Um, I think they could have... Because mm. obviously Orange Cassidy matches are very unique in that they're both like athletically great, but also quite funny. Um, probably Brian more than Orange Cassidy um, because Brian obviously is is very good at comedic stuff as well. Um, I think they could come up with some really funny stuff um, if they paired them up. But you, even guys like, yeah, like Sammy Guevara is a great talent. Um, but even e- even then, it's like... You know, because part of Brian's contract disputes was like, hey, I want to go work in Japan. Mm. There are people there I want to wrestle before my brain, you know, kills me. This is what I was saying um, to Ollie. I'm like a bit scared of him going to Japan because <laughs> I'm just like, I, they like I, to batter you in Japan. And I'm just like, please be like, careful like to, with him. <laughs> they like to batter you, but, you know, like, hey, a lot of those dudes are fucking... I don't want to see like a like a Katsuyori Shibata kind of situation with Daniel Bryan. No, I, I think... Whereas I, I like think to think Bryan has thing. a bit more sense than Shibata, though, because I think a lot of Shibata's case was him being like, yeah, I'm going to fucking headbutt him. Whereas Bryan yeah, would be like, they, they, mm, probably shouldn't. <laughs> I don't think I think, don't think don't Bryan will be doing like headbutts. You know, he'll probably do his flying headbutt or whatever that he does, mm. even though he really shouldn't. Um, I don't but... think anyone should really, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but you know, I, I think it might be more of a situation of him just going over and like, not light matches, but hey, like he can... Okada is not Okada and Tanahashi aren't in fucking good shape at all. Exactly, yeah, he can work matches you know? with with the guys like as you say Okada and and Tanahashi and, and Naito mm. and stuff, and they're not the harder hitting guys. I think he will still want to do matches with people like Ishii and Suzuki and and whatever, I... but they'll be kept within the realms of. Safety. The moment, the moment that a Ishi or Suzuki match is confirmed for Daniel Bryan, mm. that'll be it. I you will see me do cartwheels. <laughs> and I can't do a cartwheel, but you'll, so it'll be a terrible you'll one. A, but you'll damn well try. <laughs> I'll damn well try. Um, yeah, I. I, I hopefully it, by the time that Bryan comes in, um, hopefully Shingo will still be champion as well. I'd love to see. Jingo and Brian, but yeah. Oh, could you imagine? Could you imagine Brian in a fucking never weight match? Woof. I mean, current never champion Switchblade J. That would also be a great match. Do you know what? Ultimate babyface versus ultimate heel, basically. Because Jay White's the best heel going. Daniel Bryan's like the, one of the greatest oh, underdogs of all that... time. So yeah. I know people are really excited to see CM Punk back. Mm. But Brian in Japan. I would consider myself more of a Daniel Bryan fan than CM Punk fan at this point, largely because 
CM Punk burned a lot of goodwill for me over the years because he just wouldn't stop fucking moaning. <laughs> like I was the biggest CM Punk fan, much like everyone else was, obviously, when he was at his peak. The very first wrestling shirt I bought was a CM Punk one that I got imported from America. Um, and yeah, I was the biggest CM Punk fan going. And as soon as he left, I was one of these people that was on the train of, oh, it was so unfair and oh, all that sort of thing. But then he just wouldn't stop over the years and years. Anytime he could yeah. possibly mention it, it was, you know, a bit shit though. And I was uh, a bit of, he just seems like a bit of a misery. <laughs> um, so yeah. as excited as I am of seeing him back purely from like a, holy shit, it's finally happening. The wrestling world is going to be on fire kind of thing. I'm like, yeah, moderately excited to see what he's actually going to do. Whereas Daniel Bryan, uh, yeah, he's a once in a generation talent. Um, and I think he's going to do great things. Yeah. This it's it is basically like what people wanted in like the nineties of like what if Shawn Michaels went to WCW? Yeah, <laughs> pretty stuff much like that. It's like this. Is, oh no, actually, more equivalent. This is like what if uh, Bret Hart when he went to WCW actually gave a shit. Yeah, what if they actually, you know, gave him stuff to do and he wasn't and like, jaded as hell with the wrestling industry at that point? Like, this is a man that, that is had everything that he knew taken away from him and now he's fucking going like, do you know what? Fuck the money. I'm going to fucking... I want to go out on my own fucking terms. Well, realistically I'm, speaking, yeah, I presume Daniel Bryan has made all the money he needs to. Um, oh, for life. Obviously, like, he's... With with Brie as well, she's still very much on the reality train. She's going to be bringing in money. So, yeah, I'm sure money is definitely not a worry for them. So it's put Brian in a position where he can be like, right, I've got all these ideas that I want to do. I'm just going to go fucking do it. Screw the money, as you say. So outside of these two, Jacob. Yeah. Theoretically, I know it's fancy booking Ooh, territory. We're in, entering the armchair. Entering the armchair, who was you at some point in time like to see from the current WWE roster in Ooh. any other environment? Because looking at the Zack Ryder stuff or the Matt Cardona stuff today, mm. I forgot how much of a fucking mark I was for fucking Zack Ryder. Like how much of a fucking fan yeah. of Zack Ryder I was. Especially because my first fucking experience like actually watching him was that WrestleMania, where he randomly won the belt. No way. So you, so like you weren't before, wrestling. Before that, when, you, you weren't watching wrestling when he kind of had his rise I, to prominence with Z True Long Island Story and all of that. So I, I, I started properly rewatching it with you guys during that Royal Rumble 2016 so, yeah. when Styles came uh, debuted, um, and so it was at that point that I did a lot of fucking catching up, <laughs> um. Like, so I just sort of like went through, you know, listening to you two talk about it previously and stuff like that. So, you know, it was a lot yeah. of like, okay, I need to catch up on what the shield is. Oh, yeah. Who the fuck's this Zack Ryder goon? <laughs> uh, oh, he got pushed off a wheelchair in a wheelchair off the off the side of the ring. Oh, okay. Yep. Right. Okay. Uh, Watch legends have become back or have been around. And yeah, holy shit, Brock Lesnar's here. <laughs> Brock Lesnar's back. Oh, shit. Well, Oh, okay. John Cena's still a thing. Okay, uh, and so that was the thing. And and like I, you know, out of all of them, like thinking about it, like I, 
Zack Ryder in anything else but WWE seems to be working out for him. Hmm. So at this point, Jacob, who would you like to see anywhere else but WWE? Oh, um, there's a few. Um, I feel like they're kind of basic bitch answers, if you were to... Ah, you know, basic bitch answers are still answers. I think, I think Walter is really severely hamstrung in the WWE system. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a Imperium slash Ringkampf stable um, in somewhere like AEW or whatever would be incredible. Um, I Walter versus Suzuki. Exactly. Um, slaps. <laughs> big slaps. Um, also, if it's AEW we're specifically talking about, um, or New Japan, um, I think I think I'd want Finn Balor out as well um i enjoyed his, like his most recent yeah nxt run i enjoyed his his most recent nxt championship reign but judging by i mean it's very early days um but judging by his return on smackdown he's back to being happy smiley baby face finn and oh pissed. and i'm just like oh god like we've got basically all these different iterations of the bullet club now in AEW and impact and stuff and if he he could fit very nicely into that, I think. And he's still having great matches, even though he's like, yeah, at his age now. And yeah, I, I, those it, are kind of off the top off the top of my head. Obviously, there's also great workers in WWE left, right, and center. Guys like Keith Lee and 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 whoever um, Pete Dunne. I'm there's sure so many. I'm sure you'll bring up the Keith Lee situation later on yeah, in the show. It's coming. It's coming. Uh, no, because it's just like you know, like. Going back to Brian, like he's always said that he wants a hair versus hair match. Oh, really? Um, he's mentioned it that, like, you know, if he got the chance to work in Mexico, he would like a. That'd be cool. Oh, he wants to do like a um, Lucha de Apuestas match. Like mask versus hair sort of thing. Yeah. Um, backsta- uh, 2020 backstage info. Uh, I'm trying to see. Yeah, this is basic- basically. Basically, like he was, um, you know, in 2017 and stuff, hmm. when it was like on the verge of coming back and everything. Yeah. That's it. he was like growing his hair out in case he could return and go to Mexico and That's have cool. a proper hair versus hair match and stuff. So yeah. no, there's plenty of, of Mexican talent in, in AAA. He could have great matches with. Um, um, and I know that like as soon as that match is is announced, he is losing because. <laughs> He just wants a free haircut, the fucking hippie. <laughs> well, he had that haircut thing in his feud with, with Bray Wyatt, didn't he? At the Rumble. Yes. Where Bray Wyatt pulled him under the ring and gave him a haircut. <laughs> 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 Pretty much. <laughs> uh, just hair Sorry. flying out through the hole of the ring. I, I oh, my God. I, for- I forgot about... Oh Either way, he God. got attacked by the Fiend and lost all his hair, which is <laughs> really dumb. <laughs> but... <laughs> Um, anyways yeah moving on from from Punk and Brian we're not out of AEW's woods yet because they've had a very eventful couple of weeks Um, as obviously they've returned to having shows on the road they're finally out of Daly's place Um, so they've had the Road Rager um, which was their first week back and then the two weeks of Fighter Fest as well um, since then Um, so the, the Road Rager was mostly just kind of good wrestling and, oh man, we have a crowd back. Aren't they happy to see everyone? Which was which was lovely. They were they were a hot crowd for a lot of it. Um, mm. And yeah, uh, mainly just good wrestling and, oh, I don't know, the, the, the debut of Malachi Black as well. 
um <laughs> which was completely out of nowhere um i it was actually one of the rare chances where i got to watch dynamite live um because that was when i was off work um and yeah i'm glad I, that was the one week i chose to watch because holy shit that was insane did you did you do a wee pop i did do a wee pop it wasn't like a like a proper cheery pop because it was like two in the morning um but yeah i was i was definitely shocked my, my jaw hit the floor um he ended up kicking Cody Rhodes and Arn Anderson um, after they, <laughs> they they did a little tease earlier in the night. I don't know if you saw this. So during the Cody match that opened the show, they had a little power outage for like five seconds where they, all the lights went off and then they went back up, up, up. Well, they went back up again and the commentators were like, oh, yeah, there's been storms in the area recently. So the lights have gone out and just just don't worry about it. Um, and then later, um, when the lights go out again, that's when Alistair Black comes out or Malachi Black comes out. Ah, so, see, that's that's television writing little, right yeah, there. The Cody lights Rhodes, went out for Cody before, using, and then on the second using Cody his segment, time on happened again. Using his time on Arrow <laughs> to uh, he learned the TV from his time on the learned... Go Big Show. <laughs> um, but yeah, so set set up a feud with Cody Rhodes um when he debuted um which will likely write, write Cody off of TV um cuz i think they're, they're so having they... a match i don't think it's this week i think it's the week after on dynamite um or it could be this week um but yeah Malachi Black and Cody Rhodes are going to be having a match on dynamite and um Cody's going to be going off to film the go big show very soon so ah. it's likely that Alistair Black's actually going to beat him Cody's going to lose a feud with a new guy <laughs> Thank Holy God. shit! Um, all of this say it ain't true. Yeah, I know. Um, all of this was only made possible because of a little blunder on the WWE side of things when it came to contracts. <laughs> I forgot about this. This was the. This is so. This era of WWE, it's where hilarious. they've got so many dudes, you just can't keep track of it all, can you? <laughs> uh, also, like kind of kind of like wcw energy coming from this in terms of the the maladmin that would be required yes um yeah i can definitely see that um basically the situation was um that typically main roster talents when they get released have a 90 day no compete clause where they can't wrestle anywhere else um but basically nxt talents only have a 30 day no compete instead of 90 and basically they forgot to upgrade his no compete clause when alistair black was moved from nxt to the main roster so when he got fired um, last month, he only had 30 days to wait before he could turn up somewhere else to wrestle. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, you know, a bit of an oversight on WWE's part. But ultimately, it worked out very nicely that he could be there for the very first AEW show back in front of fans. Quite, uh, you know, it's, it's very funny. I'm sorry. Yeah, it is the dumbest reason. <laughs> we just forgot. <laughs> We forgot to upgrade your contract. Sorry, pal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that with the previous news as well about Brian and Punk, it's like AEW are just f- firing on all cylinders with the ro- these roster pickups. Their roster is absolutely insane right now. Um, oh, yeah. So much talent, um, including Andrade, who had his in-ring debut on the Road Rager as well against Matt Seidel. Um, the match was pretty good. It was a, a typical kind of Andrade match. He wasn't obviously like pulling out all the stops. Because it's not like a you know big money match sort of thing. Um, no, he knows when he knows when TV requires. If there's anything that I've learned about Andrade recently is that he knows his worth. Um, because oh, he was supposed yeah. to turn up on Slammiversary, which we'll get to in a bit. Um, 
but was basically like, yeah, you can't give me enough money. So uh, I ain't going to come. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, he's probably, when it comes to like a match scenario and it's like, well, it's my debut match, but it's not on a pay-per-view. It's just against like Matt Seidel. No disrespect to Matt Seidel. But he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll have a good match. Everyone will just be happy to see me. Um, and that was the case. Yeah, he came out in some really cool I, um... kind of black mask inspired gear from Batman. Um, and that was really cool. Um, I wasn't massive on his theme song, um, but I think it's kind of growing on me as the weeks have gone on. Um, but yeah, so Andrade, Malachi Black, CM Punk, Brian Danielson, insanity. Um, and then, yeah, they also had Fighter Fest as well these past two weeks. Um, so night one was a really great show. Um, highlights being uh, John Moxley versus Carl Anderson for the IWGP US title to open the show. Um, which leaned really heavily into Carl's New Japan-based history. Um, they showed like some really great video packages, basically, with him being like, I'm one of the best gaijins <laughs> they've ever had. He was like he the was original gaijin. The he was in the G1 final, bro. He was in 2012 or whatever. He kept mentioning that. <laughs> 2012 G1 finalist, baby. <laughs> um, uh, we also saw the return of Yuka Sakazaki, the magical girl, um, which was which was great. Because I, I really, really like her, and her theme song is one of the best in AEW. Have you heard it, Joel? I haven't. I will give it a. It's what's her name again? Uh, Yuka Sakazaki. Um, it's probably going to be the first thing that comes up on YouTube, um, and you'll see why I love it as soon as you uh, listen to about twenty seconds of it. Um, also, we had Ricky Starks becoming the new FTW World Champion um, after Team Taz turned against Brian Cage, finally. Um, there was a blow-off for that. Um, and yeah, the the match, the night ended with the coffin match between Darby Allen and Ethan Page, which was a crazy brawl um, all over the arena to, to blow off their feud, um, ending with a coffin drop through the coffin with Page inside. Um, have, you, have you got Yuka's theme up? Are you listening to it? Yeah. I I I'm I'm is it this first one that's from two years ago or this one that was from the other week from Fight First because there's one I mean there's one called I I I I I that's the one okay because that is basically the theme song I I I I yes it is an hour edition sure incredible the other one that was on there is uh slightly like tekken-esque yeah no the 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 one that she uses in japan which they finally i think i don't know if they had to buy rights or something to bring over um it's just the yeah i i i i i one um and yeah i'll just jam out to it every time um but yeah uh so yeah night one ended as i say with with uh darby versus ethan page in the coffin match which obviously had the crazy spot at the end with the uh darby allen doing a coffin drop through the coffin with ethan page inside of it um and they just seem to be two wrestlers who are who are kind of just made for each other um like a like a kevin owens and a Sami Zayn. Uh, they can just bring them back together every few years they have a great feud and then they go their separate ways again um almost like a like a rick flair and sting situation as well not to kind of mm. hyperbolize the situation but um yeah and night two was also similarly surprise filled um with the first labor of jericho ending with nick gage getting announced for fight for the fallen this week um so for those uninitiated what is this uh the, the labors, labors of, of jericho. jericho so basically something that chris jericho did um in early AEW was in order for john moxley to get a world title match against him he had John Moxley individually wrestle every member of the inner circle. Um, oh. So MJF 
basic like just on week to week it was like oh first it's sammy guevara then santana then ortiz and then whatever um and basically mjf came out after um after the most recent pay-per-view i think it was on road rage actually where he announced it um where he basically said that was such a good idea i'm gonna steal it and use it against you so i'm gonna have you do the five labors of jericho and only if you win all of those matches will you get the match against me at the pay-per-view to finally blow off this feud basically um so yeah, this first match, I figured it was just going to be all against Pinnacle members because it's obviously very similar. They both have groups of five and they, he would just wrestle all of them until he got to MJF. Um, and the first match seemed to be like that because he fought Sean Spears in a one-sided chair match um, in where Spears could only use chairs and Jericho couldn't. Oh. Because he's the chairman. He just loves chairs. Uh, <laughs> he just loves, loves the chairs. Chair. Oh God. he He's really leaning into it as well. Like, have you seen recently when he's like hit someone with a chair he literally looks like he's 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 done a little spooge in his pants <laughs> he's like his eyes roll back into his head his eye his eyelids do a little bit of a flutter and he's just like oh after he hits someone with a chair um enjoying sean spears a lot recently yeah um but yeah he had a match with jericho he was the first labor of jericho this week um jericho managed to win um and then yeah mjf came out and was like your second labor of jericho isn't a pinnacle member it's nick gage in a no dq match next week um <laughs> so oof, yeah that was a bit unexpected but um i'm looking i say i'm looking forward to it i, I, I am looking forward to it because you know it is a nick gage match at the end of the day but it won't be nearly as as gruesome as i'm sure no, most of his, um... his his usual stuff is especially against someone like chris jericho uh, he's not going to want to fuck up Jericho too bad, surely. Uh, I don't know. I think if you got the chance... Jericho will be put through the ringer, sure. Because I think he wants but, uh, to obviously tell that story think... about going through hell to fight, to fight MJF one last time. But realistically, I, I, Jericho's a legend. I don't think Gage will be wanting to take it to him too badly. I don't know. I don't know. I think you might be uh, we'll see. overestimating his niceness. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I guess we'll see. Yeah, but that's the that's this upcoming Wednesday. Um, also on the show, Andrade um, shifted his managerial situation slightly. Um, he he swapped out his Guerrero party member slot from from Vicky to Chavo. Um, oh, so Vicky seemingly is no longer managing Andrade. Um, Chavo Guerrero debuted on the show and is basically he's Char- he's uh, Andrade's manager now um, which in my opinion I think is a much better fit um, I think Vicky gets a very specific type of heat and I just don't think it's the type of heat that Andrade wants to get if you get what I mean because she's like mm. she obviously she has that kind of annoying Karen energy and I'm just like I don't think that's the sort of thing that Andrade wants heat wise he wants more of a kind of cool bad guy kind of heat and i just don't think vicky was great for that sort of thing whereas chavo you know him coming out in his suits and obviously he's a respected legend of the mexican wrestling scene and all that sort of thing i think it's a far better fit for him generally speaking um yeah like i i know it's weird that to say like chavo guerrero is the uh is the uh cool guerrero i i love chavo i think he's so underrated uh, but you know, like, because most people just know him from being the butt of the joke. He's the, and... he's the one that's not Eddie. Yes, <laughs> basically, um, which is a shame because he's he's always been a great wrestler. He was one of those wrestlers when I was growing up who was a like a heel that I genuinely didn't like. And now, now looking back on that, I like 
respect how well he did his heel job. It was like him and JBL were like the two. <laughs> I was like, no, I genuinely yeah. don't like this guy. Not in just like the <laughs> wrestling sense, but no, I just everything about him. I'm just like, oh, it's fucking Chavo. But looking back on him now, I'm like, oh, he's a great wrestler. He's a he's a good mind for the business, and uh, yeah, good fit for Andrade, I think. Um, Andrade himself seems to be teasing a feud with the Death Triangle, um, Pac, uh, Penta, and Phoenix. Um, which as as much as I love to see uh, as much as i love park and i love that he has friends i i would also kind of love his friends to turn on him even more and form this like mexican super stable uh within <laughs> AEW. having andrade penta and phoenix all in one group would be bonkers um as as tony or tony khan seems to have the the checkbook out anyway um just fucking just sign all the mexican talent and just make a really big mexican super stable just just have roosh and Dragon Lee and Bandido and Laredo Kid and, and all these people. They're all getting. Bring them all. They're in. all waiting to get. They're all waiting to get the thumbs up from Andrade. Yeah, oh, Andrade. I don't want to like draw upon stereotypes and shit, but I just want Andrade to have this like cartel like stable of Mexican wrestlers. <laughs> um, <laughs> just not Alberto Del Rio, please. Um, uh, <laughs> he's like the one, the, the one guy. I don't want you bringing in. <laughs> The the monkey paw curls, yeah. Jacob. Oh, I really want a really cool Mexican stable. Bring in all the Mexican talent. Oh my god, it's Alberto El Patron. <laughs> It'd be like him and and Conan, but Conan's here to wrestle and not manage at like sixty years old. Um, and also we had uh, the first encounter between Sting and Orange Cassidy is worth particular mention, um, which was intense as they traded kicks. It was and Sting did a. Did a, a little fire up, <laughs> but in Orange Cassidy style. It was it was pretty funny. Genuinely, one of the funniest things I think I've seen in recent weeks from wrestling. Yeah, is Sting very seriously doing the run up, doing the shin kicks. Yeah, uh, incredible. Yeah, and then but then also still being a good manager and pointing out to Darby Allen that like hey you're about to get fucking pinned <laughs> I love that he's up for it obviously because he's he's quite a serious character at least within AEW um, and I can't remember Sting doing much in the way of comedy um, in his previous runs I can't think of an instance where he's done it so I'm no, like no he's, he's probably just like, having a great time and he's like yeah I'm up for that why not Orange Cassidy's I mean, a like, really popular act right now why wouldn't I want to do it yeah exactly like he's he's fucking great yeah um, you don't say no to Orange Cassidy, which is a weird thing to say. No, he's he's genuinely one of their biggest stars right now. Um, and also, Britt Baker retained her women's championship against Nyla Rose and got injured again. Oh, she's not. Mm. It doesn't sound massively serious. I think she's broken her wrist by the looks of it. Um, but I was saying this to Hannah before we started recording because Britt Baker's naturally her favorite wrestler as a dentist, um, and. Britt Baker just seems kind of injury prone and I'm a bit sad to say it because obviously she spent a long time on the shelf last year came back, obviously built herself up again, got that massive respect from doing the Thunder Rosa match, became the champion now she's injured again I think she was injured twice last year and now she's injured again now and I'm just a bit like she's such a star and she's so popular like she's one of the top merch sellers on their website and everything like that I'm just like I just really hope that she's not as injury prone as this makes her look but yeah um so i presume she'll hold on to the title and just wait out the injury they won't vacate it or anything like that um luckily she's a character that can 
just kind of cut promos for a while because she's so good at it. Um, so it's not the worst thing in the world, but yeah, a little bit concerning, I would say. I think. I think. Uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's some of the, some of these modern wrestlers that like I don't know what they're doing, but mm. the injury prone ones like a Britt Baker and whatnot. It's just like ah, yeah, guys, what's like? Are you drinking your milk? Like the only, the other ones I can think of taking your vitamins. The other ones I can think of press? are Tegan Knox has been very injury prone, and uh, also Trent as well. Um, they've been injured a lot over the past two years, and the weird thing is, is that they're not the ones that I think of when I think they do crazy shit that shouldn't be done in the ring. Not like a Will Osprey who is also injured, <laughs> um, but. Yeah, they're just like I don't know if they're just like freak accidents or something, and people these people are just very unlucky. Um, but yeah, um, won't affect Brit too much. Um, and yeah, she'll hold on to the title for now, I presume. Um, yeah. But speaking of titles and titles changing, that brings us to the main event. Oh, oh, oh! oh. Uh, John Moxley versus Lance Archer, um, the Texas Death Match for the IWGP US title. Uh, Moxley defending his title twice in two weeks, um, working that schedule. Um, but yeah, the death match, just like uh, they had in Tokyo about a year and a half ago, um, was a hell of a brawl um, and ended with a callback to their prior match um, in Tokyo um, by using tables on the outside of the ring and being kind of thrown through off of the apron through those tables. Um, although this time there was barbed wire involved that John Moxley brought into play, which ended up kind of costing him in a way. Um mm. But the biggest difference was it wasn't Archer getting DDT'd through the tables. It was Mox getting chokeslammed through the tables instead. Um, <laughs> and Moxley couldn't answer the count of 10 and Archer fucking wins. Um, he, he won a big match finally and a championship. Yeah. And oh, I, I thought this would be another defense for Moxley to set up like his opponent at the pay-per-view in September. Um, but I, I suppose not. Lance Archer just fucking won. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's it's like yes, Lance Archer finally getting a fucking win, yeah. but also they 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 did uh, they did the best way they could possibly beat Moxley for a title, which is you know you don't pin him. No, no, it was uh, uh, he took a big crazy you know, bump, and he was pinned to the floor by Barbara. <laughs> Pretty much, he is. He is uh, AEW's monster. They know. They know point. how to how to yeah protect John Moxley. Like he's never looked weak in the way that he's been booked. Uh, really, no. Like I, you know, I don't mind him getting pinned. You know, every time he's been pinned since he's le- left WWE, has always been under like dubious circumstances. Well, this is the thing. Like it's it's fine for your. Because, I mean, realistically, I think John Moxley is their top guy still. He yes. is their top babyface, but obviously they can't give him the belt because he's just had it and he just lost it to Omega and whatever. Um, and they're going to kind of obviously try and elevate Hangman Page with that eventually. Um, but I still think realistically, yeah, John Moxley is their top guy. And it, I think it's fine for your top guy to lose every now and then. Like, for some reason, places like WWE have it in their head where their top guy just can't be beat. You watch, like, the John Cena years. You watch when they were trying to push Roman Reigns. It was like... Yeah, just for some reason they, they they would just always win, and it's really boring. 
Whereas, yeah, John Moxley can lose every now and then, and you'd still look at him and you're still like, yeah, he's still a bad motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. He's not lost because any of his lost... shine or anything because he lost. It just happens sometimes. It's just the way that he lost is like this incredible feat of like, he was buried under barbed wire, yeah. take, put through a table. Like, they, he was stabbed multiple times with a fork <laughs> in the head. Yeah. Um, which both like... of them took, and it was pretty brutal. You know. And then, and you know, even then, the pin was you know it, well. It was a it wasn't count even out. A pin, it. Yeah, he just couldn't get up. It was like a last man standing finish, um, which is perfect. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for 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 a wrestler of Moxley's caliber, and for a belt of that caliber, mm. which for whatever it's worth, um, that's like the perfect ending. Like, hey, Lance Archer looks strong as fuck. He does thank God. And Moxley still looks strong as fuck. He does, of course. Yeah, he doesn't need this anymore, really. No. Like he was And also it takes it probably takes a little bit of stress off him. He can go off TV for a little while. Well, exactly, yeah. Look after his child. Um because yeah, there are kind of uh engagements that you'd have to fulfill as the US champion on the New Japan side as well. Um, which maybe, yeah, maybe Lance is is dying to do because he's also a, a big new ex New Japan guy and and yeah, Moxley, a lot of times it seemed like that, as nice as it is to have a championship, it, it seemed like a bit of a, a a weight around John Moxley, where it was like, every now and then he'd be like, oh shit, yeah, I've got to defend this thing. Um, and the matches would be good, like, you know, he, the ones he had with Kenta, and and yeah, ones he's had recently with Yuji Nagata and, and Carl Anderson and, and so on have all been good. But it's just like been like a weird asterisk by John Moxley, where it's like, oh yeah, I guess he is also still the US champion. He's been it for like five hundred days, just because he <laughs> couldn't defend it for most of the time. No, um, it's one. Of, it's like one. Of, it's like the UK belt. Yeah, exactly. WWE. <laughs> so yeah, no, it's a nice kind of feather in the cap of Lance Archer that he's managed to end this really long reign as well. You know, all kind of technicalities with the five hundred days put to one side. Um. But yeah, I um I, I popped so hard that I gave Monty a spook. Um <laughs> I I haven't popped that hard for for a moment since Jungle Boy won at the last pay-per-view, which actually wasn't that long ago. But before then, I I, I can't remember a time I popped that hard since those last two moments. Um because yeah, I mean I've I've been a fan of Lance Archer since around like 2014-ish when I started getting into modern New Japan again um yeah he was he was the american psycho um still teaming with davy boy smith jr as the killer elite squad um and yeah him coming out spitting water on children and making them cry um <laughs> and just being yeah this big mean motherfucker who'd really reinvented himself since he was a bit shit in tna in his early career and his wwe run where he was on wwe cw was a bit shit also um yeah it was cool that he managed to come to new japan and find this character that really worked for him of just being this big unhinged monster man um and then yeah I, I became an even bigger fan of him like he became one of my favorite wrestlers pretty much um when he became the murder hawk um after davy boy left new japan and he kind of had to become a singles guy um so yeah this is a really cathartic moment after seeing him be like the pretty much the nearly man of AEW for so long um and yeah he's just easily my favorite AEW guy i love aspect every aspect of his presentation and his work and they're they're finally recognizing his talents. So fuck yeah, Lance Archer is champion. <laughs> fuck yeah, fuck yeah, um, fuck yeah, yeah. So generally speaking, there's an awful lot of AEW chat there, but it, it's just been really, really good right now. 
Um, and I know I say that every hey, week, but I just like actually been... being passionate about a wrestling product for the first time in years. <laughs> yeah, they've, 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 you know, they've been, they've been killing it. So yeah, like, you know, hey, we're going to talk about when they're killing it. Because guess what? WWE ain't really fucking killing it. No. Um, as I said previous on the roster side of things, it just seems like they're firing on all cylinders. Like even with stuff like New Japan um, and NXT in the past, which are both products I've really loved a lot at different points in time. Even about those eras, I could say there were moderate sized parts of the show that weren't quite as great. Whereas I think AEW just seemed to have the formula down where it's like, I oh, know I enjoy their lower card matches and their squash matches on stuff like dark and dark elevation and whatever their mid-level feuds are, are all fun stuff like the orange cassidy and the blade stuff that's been happening recently uh darby allen and ethan page recently for the well not even for the title um it was just kind of a, a personal thing and then yeah their, their title feuds on the mid-level as well have been great um and also yeah their marquee stuff i, I can't say any of it's bad so yeah just watch AEW. <laughs> for, watch AEW. watch it and they sh- they need to come to the uk already as well because I was, I'm I was pretty prepared sure this is before the pandemic to come, because they were going to come for Fighter Fest during the pandemic, but then the pandemic happened and they couldn't come. So please come to the UK. Um, please. Finally, moving outside of AEW now, um, we have the Rocks uh, return date reportedly being revealed as well. Um, oh. To build his, to, to obviously his mania match with Roman Reigns that's heavily rumored on the cards. Um, apparently Survivor Series will be the, the the first appearance of The Rock in kind of this build to him versus Roman. Um, or alternatively, him and Jimmy versus Roman and Jay is also possibly on the cards. Um, because basically they don't want The Rock getting injured and not being able to do movies. So that's kind of their backup plan right now um, is a tag match, which would be a bit of a downgrade. Obviously, I'd still be happy to see The Rock but having it come back, and obviously Roman's the hottest commodity in WWE right now, so it'd be a shame for him to not defend the title at WrestleMania 38 and just have like a tag yeah. match instead. Um, but if that's what they have to do to get The Rock on the show, and they're that adamant to have The Rock wrestle, um, then I suppose that's what we'll get. Um, speaking of that, um, Jimmy Uso has been in hot water recently with, with his legal issues. Mm. Um, lots of legal issues yes he's been done for a dui once again um it's not his first one um and apparently his breath test was not even close from what i remember reading a couple of weeks back (laughs) um he's just very very lucky that he's in the position that he's in on the show right now or i think they probably would have shit canned him um jay i think has proven his worth as a singles guy at this point so realistically if if Jimmy wasn't in the position right now, yeah, they could probably just fire Jimmy and move on with Jay as he is. Cause Jay's, as I say, he's proven himself over the past year that he can be a singles guy and he's not just one of the Usos anymore. Um, no. And that's, you know, that's the, that, that's, it's, it's sad that, you know, one of the Usos cannot keep themselves together long enough. You know, addiction is a terrible fucking thing. Of course, yeah. But, like, also, why have WWE not stepped in at this point and said, like, listen, pal, you gotta get yourself fucking cleaned up. Like, we can't just keep you off TV for a year while you pretend to. Well, yeah, I mean, his most recent absence was injury-based. Yeah. 
but yeah this definitely isn't the first time this has happened and and yeah as you say the all addiction and stuff is not uh not a laughing matter or it's not something to take lightly so you can't just be like mate why don't you just don't drink though um but on the flip side it's also got to be really frustrating for 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 jay as the person who's intrinsically linked to jimmy um yeah such a big part of his career like the first was it the first time this happened they put took both of them off tv so yeah because i mean jay wasn't at a point there where he could be pushed as a singles guy it seems like they've just carefully considered like hey maybe we need to like you know push one of them yeah well it's like uh, both of them are are, are great talents um so it's like yeah why not just have jay on tv as roman's lackey uh without without jimmy because jimmy can't be there because he's injured um may as well bring him on because he's a good talent to have and he's he's kind of a necessary part of the roman reigns thing now where it's like whenever the baby face going up against roman reigns needs to get a bit of a rub or a little bit of a moment where it's like oh shit he could beat roman usually it's against jay (laughs) usually it's them beating up jay you know or winning a match against jay or whatever so yeah jay's proved himself as as a really important kind of cog in that machine um and yeah ideally jimmy would also be a a relatively kind of important part of that but um it does seem like he is important enough at the very least because jimmy has seemingly gone at least outwardly unpunished for this uh for this transgression in their eyes yeah um he's he's all over their social media at the minute because of you know they're pushing the the blood the three line. of them together yeah. the bloodline um i don't know it's just it's it's shit for Roman and other Uso. <laughs> um, because, you know, like when the Usos reinvented themselves as this, you know, the Uso penitentiary. It's great. It's fucking great. Yeah. Turns out, stick a Samoan in a heel roll. Just, it works. Just let them be themselves and don't give them the stereotypical shit of, oh, well, they're Samoan. Better put face paint on them. <laughs> yeah just let them be themselves and they were guys that grew up in america and shit so yeah they've got that side and like to being them. you know intrinsically linked with roman reigns at his hottest yeah. like this is the first time in roman reigns's career no the second time in roman reigns's career that people have been behind him yeah yeah, it's, it's, uh, properly behind him, like as in as WWE intended all along. One of the things that yeah, I I was going to note about Money in the Bank when we get to that is um, it was so nice that the fans were actually doing what they were supposed to for Roman. <laughs> <laughs> it's like fa- the fans are really happy to be back, so I think they're willing to kind of play along with whatever WWE put in front of them. And it's like Roman's a heel, so boo him, and they actually did. Whereas you can semi expect where it's like, no, Roman's cool now; people are going to cheer him. But no, they booed yeah. him, and it was so nice for Roman to actually get the intended reaction. Yeah. Um... But, um, yeah, so with this uh, Jimmy situation, as I say, he's uh, very lucky that he's such an important part of this Roman thing right now because they very well might need him for WrestleMania 38 if The Rock can't work a singles match. So if that wasn't the case, then I think obviously his punishment would be quite a bit more severe um yeah i know there's i know there's news stories going around at the minute that vince mcmahon is deciding what to do with 
with him. Yeah. It's just like, well, guess what? They've already fucking decided. Yeah. They stuck a belt on him. He's <laughs> what a what a punishment. <laughs> Give him a championship. I, on that or like they're just hoping like, oh, if we can keep him on the road forever and ever, maybe he won't do this again. Yeah, maybe. Maybe they'll just be like, Oi, keep an eye on him. <laughs> Make sure he doesn't you know, do anything. Fuck. Um yeah. but yeah, um I'll uh, I'll be happy to see the rock back anyways in whatever capacity he comes back in. Um Yes. Speaking of the rock, yes. Yeah. Uh seems like not that he's winding down on his movies. Mm. Uh but he has like very recently been uh taking like he's basically come out and said like I'm not gonna be doing any more Fast and Furious movies. Mm. Mm. Uh Jungle Cruise his, looks fun. Jungle Jungle Cruise was finished ages ago. I saw a trailer for it this week. It looks alright. Yeah. It looks all right. Um, that was finished ages ago, but that's a COVID movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think it, what Ballers is still going on, which doesn't really yeah, require yeah. him all as much anymore. Uh, trying to think, what else he's tied in with? No, yeah, he's tied in. He's tied. Well, he's got Black Adam oh, at yeah, the minute, say, which, but like that'll be finished in three months and. I don't think he's got many movies as lined up as he usually does because of COVID. Yeah, so maybe he's just enough. like going like, well, while I've got this space, do some. Maybe wrestling. my insurers will let me do this wrestling business. Yeah, yeah. People like to to kind of rag on his most recent run a few years back, and I mean, yeah, it wasn't great in in some places, but I I just can't help seeing as the Rock as my childhood hero and just getting sucked oh, up yeah. in the hype as soon as he comes back. So I'll be happy to see him regardless of what he does. And look, he had the shortest match ever. He did at WrestleMania against Eric Rowan. Eric Redbeard. Thoroth Morrison. <laughs> um, also, WWE may be interested in bringing Braun Strowman back. Um, there's not really much in the way of details here, but Dave Meltzer has reported that there may be interest in bringing him back, um, presumably for less money than before. Um, <laughs> ah! So, my kind of main thought on this is like, I don't know how the corporate side of things work, obviously, in WWE. I'm not in the offices. But no. why would you not just renegotiate a contract with him first instead of firing him, then bringing him back? Um. Same reason why uh, wrestling could do with a union, because that's what happened with mm. Manchester Buses recently. Oh, that's a, that's um, a reference. <laughs> yeah, Manchester Buses, they decided like uh, the company that it now owns it uh we're like hey we're gonna sack you all rehire you back um so that we can get around paying like the more veteran members i was wondering the if there was some know, like the, the... round the round the back business shonky bullshit where it's like it's better to fire people than rehire them than just renegotiate a new yes. contract yes uh but because they're all fucking unionized they ain't having they none can, of it they, they, they had none of it so they all went on strike um and the coaches and like different weird buses had to pick up the slack in that place wow. but you know like the the union got what they wanted which was hey these people with all these benefits and all these like packages that are re ready for them like once they retire or like as they continue working mm. and stuff like that like hey like you can't do this during a pandemic so hey we won wow um 
So, which is why Hulk Hogan continues to be the worst human being in the world, <laughs> because Braun Strowman probably won't be in this position of getting sacked and brought back for less pay, mm. um, considering he was one of their top stars. Yeah, like, yeah, he was a money maker. He was, and I honestly, I, I do hope he comes back. Um, he is an asset to wrestling in general, um, and as we said countless times already on this podcast i don't think he'll wrestle anywhere other than wwe so no. uh it would be a shame if, if we lost him to to hollywood or, or whatever um and yeah I'd, I'd like to see him back in wrestling and wwe seems like the only place that will pay him the money he wants so if they are interested i hope they do bring him back if i'm honest um unless he turns around and says nah i'm good see ya apparently well mark henry has said that apparently there is mutual interest between aew and himself because um, I think it was Mark Henry who initially scouted Braun Strowman for WWE. Um, and I'm just like, I mean, I've said it before. I don't think yeah. it's a good idea. Um, no, he doesn't. He doesn't fit anywhere else but WWE yeah. because WWE, you can like they are experts at. OK, they are the spectacle. Not, not, yeah, not experts, but they are very good at hiding people's inability to wrestle. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Enzo Amore <laughs> was one of the most over people in the entire of the WWE he for was. a solid what? year. Yeah. Um, and he could not wrestle to save his life. It wasn't great. Yeah. In fact, in a recent interview with Big Cass. Oh yeah. W. Uh, Morris. Big Cass. Yeah, it was like. He's working on his in-ring ability. Motherfucker's been in the ring for like... <laughs> he was in NXT in like 2013. <laughs> he's been in the ring for, yeah, so eight years at this I point, and he's only now thinking, hey, I should probably, uh, f you know... Maybe I should, I should probably uh, do something about this, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like, like I said, I think... Yeah, WWE are... They are the spectacle when it comes to wrestling shows and braun Strowman is a spectacle at the end of the day he's a big dude and uh yeah i just think that the things that AEW and other wrestling companies focus on just aren't right for him um happening today um new story wise uh the new japan grand slam tokyo dome show um has its main event changed last minute um, no. so Kota Ibushi has been off their touring schedule recently for the past like week or two. Um, initially thought to have kind of just taken the COVID vaccine roughly. Um, whereas it's now transpired that he's got pneumonia, bless him. Um, yeah. so last minute, literally, I think it was like late last night. I saw this, um, they were subbing out Kota Ibushi, um, and instead putting in Hiroshi Tanahashi instead. Um, so we've got Shingo That's versus a... Tanahashi. Which, yeah, um, I, I'm i far more of a Tanahashi fan than Ibushi. Um, I've, I've said it before, I think Ibushi's a bit overrated. Um, and yeah, I take Tana over Ibushi any day. So I they've had great matches before, Shingo and Tana. So yeah, I'm sure it'll still be great. Um, I think the show is probably, it was going on when we started recording, but I think we've actually, it's probably finished by now. Um, so I'll be watching that later today. Um, but yeah, hopefully Ibushi gets well soon still. Um, and yeah, uh, in terms of the show, I'm personally not massively interested in the rest of the show. Um, I'll, I'll still watch it because, um, you know, you've got I think the tag title match was was going to be fairly good with Zack and Taichi versus Naito and Sonata. 
Um, and I know that Hiromu Takahashi has just said that he's been cleared, so maybe he'll come back and cut a promo or something. Um, another uh, injury-prone wrestler <laughs> is uh, is Hiromu. But yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um, but yes, get well soon, Ibushi. Um, we had Impact Slammiversary as well um, about a week ago, um, which saw surprise appearances from Chelsea Green, Mickey James, No Way Jose, Thunder Rosa, and Switchblade Jay White, my boy, um, all showing up on the Slammiversary pay-per-view. Yeah. Yeah, that door is... It's wide open, especially with how uh... they announced Bound for Glory. Did you hear about that? No. So Bound for Glory is going to be in Las Vegas this October, I think. And as part of the video package they showed for being like, it's coming, it's going to be in Vegas, uh, they showed logos for, obviously, Impact, they showed AAA, they showed New Japan, and I want to say maybe somewhere else. They didn't show AEW, but basically they were just they basically said it's going to be a super show with like three or four oh. different companies all participating in it in Vegas, and that's going to be Bound for Glory. So yeah, hmm. the door is is fully kicked in. I believe um, the door is in the wood chipper at this point. Um, I'd say the show itself was a was a pretty enjoyable one, as uh, Impact's pay per view offerings usually have been nowadays. Um, all the matches were at least pretty fun, and uh, generally speaking, I'd say it was a really good showcase for all of their entire roster. Um, I don't watch their weekly shows, kind of as I've said previous, so I'm not like massively invested in the matches. But I'd still generally recommend the show, um, you know, as Impact pay-per-views go. I thought it was pretty good. Um, yeah. Specifically speaking, they- I'd say I'm pretty big on a few of their talents. Um, Josh Alexander, who's like their big kind of amateur badass guy. Um, their current- Is he the one that looks like um, an evil Simon Miller? Yes. <laughs> Simon Miller's evil twin. Um, current X Division champion um, is Josh Alexander. Used to team with Ethan Page, who's now in AEW, obviously. Okay. Um, he's a great talent. And I honestly think he might be a world champion going forward. Um, as well as people like Chris Bay, um, W. Morrissey, as you mentioned, Big Cass has been doing good things in Impact recently. He looks great. Um, Moose. Moose, I think, should be the guy who takes the title from Kenny Omega. Um, hell of an athlete and really over. Um, pretty much all of Violent by Design as well, who were the tag champions going into the pay-per-view. I think they're pretty great. And Deonna Perrazzo, their current women's champion who was kind of squandered in NXT. Um, Deonna Perrazzo is fantastic. Um, so yeah, they've got a really good roster right now. It's still kind of, still feels like a small-time show because they can't, they're still filming in this tiny studio they did have a crowd. Uh, it was a very small one, but they still made a lot of noise, but it still feels like a very small time show right now. Um, and I couldn't help but constantly notice Sean Ross Sapp in the front row. Um, <laughs> little, little heelish bastard that he is. Um, but he... Sean Ross Sapp is... Uh... I mostly know him from Quizzlemania. They have him on Quizzlemania quite a lot, and he's basically like a wrestling encyclopedia and he he fucking knows it because he wins all the time and he plays such a good heel on the show. So, yeah. Yeah. Also, his like fightful reporting is... Oh, he's one of the best wrestling journos he, out there right now. Like, you know when we were in uni and we were like, ah, Dave Meltzer's the only dude there. Like, yeah. is it actually doing the job as it should be? And now it's like, actually... He gets the scoops. Actually, Sean Ross Sapp is the only dude doing a proper job these days. A lot of these recent because... news stories that have come out, it's been like, Sean Ross Sapp has found the story and then Dave Meltzer has confirmed it. 
Yeah, and I've got. F- I I wonder if that's because Meltzer's sources in maybe like the WWE, for example, have maybe all dissipated mm. now that they're all in AEW. Yeah. Uh, if you believe the rumors that Chris Jericho was his source, yeah, source, um, you know, you know, probably some backstage people, mm. and as the cuts keep happening, well, yeah, Meltzer sources dwindle. Uh, I will say also, also on a similar point to that, uh, I think it was the Daniel Bryan and CM Punk news were was bro- initially broken by Andrew Zarian, um, and it was Sean Ross Sapp that people looked to to confirm it. So I mean that kind of speaks to his standing yes um but yeah also like in more recent times fuck dave Meltzer, that dude's getting old <laughs> needs yeah. to shut his mouth yes yeah, some, some uh listen to wrestling stuff. listen to observer radio and brian you can just feel brian's cringe coming <laughs> through the microphone mm. as as the shows go on as dave gets older like yeah some of the stuff he comes out with is uh are you, uh, uh, you know, would you be referencing the things he says particularly about women's wrestlers about women's wrestlers but then also just in general okay yeah just like whenever he's talking about himself <laughs> he's jacked baby it's like he's jacked baby it's just like oh god like <laughs> poor brian yeah yeah mr out Al- mr Alvarez deserves better yeah bless him than than a than, than a nearly has been mm, mm. who's who god i don't know if you've read like the observer i've not in a recently. very long time no um so i'll occasionally acquire it from ah, yes. various um <laughs> and I, I don't know if like dave just submits it without considering getting a sub editor because I know Vinny used to yeah, sub-edit for him. I was like, well, does, does, does Vinny V not still it's, do that? So I've no idea if he still does or not, whatever, but like, it's just gotten... There are some parts of it that are incomprehensible. <laughs> it's just the ramblings of Dave Meltzer. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's, you know... Hey, it's an institution, but the institution's fucking foreman is fucking i feel like can't can't spell in some cases he's starting to fall into the same position for wrestling journalism as jim ross fell into for commentary nowadays where it's like yeah he's he's still around obviously he's not quite what he used to be but we still kind of keep him around because he's a name and and he does know his stuff really but yeah we feel also similar there's the also, there's the the fact that his room is still looks oh. like. <laughs> oh Anxiety my god, he is a. It's fire. It's a fire hazard. It is. I'm surprised it's not gone up yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> Dave Meltzer quits after all his all his information is just. Burnt. It would be pretty tragic, but yeah, it's a surprise. It's not happened yet. Um, speaking of the surprises that turned up at Slammiversary, um, Thunder Rosa um, officially signed with AEW. Um, she got bought out of her NWA contract because she's pretty much been a fixture Ooh. on the AEW side of things, and they came to some kind of agreement yeah. where AEW would just buy out the rest of it, and she's a uh, officially all in now, um, as they would say. Uh, Billy Corgan needed that money. Yeah, maybe. Um, Switchblade and Mickey James also turned up on the Impact Weekly show this week, with the biggest news of this being Chris Bay being recruited into the Bullet Club by Jay White. Oh um, shit! He's he's a good fit for it. He's kind of a 
cocky high flyer dude a bit like el phantasmo in some ways i think they fill a mm. similar role um so yeah he'll fit right in um and mickey james has invited diana perrazzo to the nwa's all women's pay-per-view um which will be great because yeah diana perrazzo is a really good wrestler um apparently impact are also on a final note about impact apparently they're also interested in signing buddy murphy um as as our AEW, apparently everyone wants a bit of buddy buddy murphy would like is prime impact he would do great in impact yeah um a small he, he can be a, a kind of slightly bigger fish in that smaller pond race his stock yeah. there and maybe even move on to even bigger and better stuff after that like in aw he's just gonna get drowned out and put in a stable yeah it's probably true obviously yeah because like aw a... got such a insane main event and upper mid card right now he would just be a mid card guy um and, it's and like, he'd have great matches he, don't get me wrong but oh yeah he wouldn't get the spotlight that i think he kind of deserves at this point no it would be another it would be another several year wait for him to get any sort of attention yeah just like it was in wwe i mean you look at guys like yeah like Zack Ryder in impact like he would be a mid card guy in aew but even here in impact he's he's an upper mid card guy he's getting a bit of shine um and then that's I mean, led on to things like gcw and whatever yeah um speaking of weirdly enough actually something i've just remembered but it's not in my notes um the next challenger for kenny omega's world title is brian myers and i'm like oh <laughs> i mean oh, i mean dear. okay but of all the matches for all the with all the impact talent you've got brian myers isn't one of the ones that have been like yeah put him with kenny do you remember when they brought him back for SmackDown in 2016 and he had those really terrible kind of fucking Chuck Norris gimmick? Yeah. Uh that's all I can remember of Brian Myers. He's like he's okay in impact. He's he's I think he kind of is in their upper mid card right now. Uh, his gimmick is the most professional wrestler. Um <laughs> Which yeah, I, I kind of love. It's a good, good name, yeah. Um, but he's kind of just a bit like of a. He's just a bit of a generic dick heel, with a with a lackey, and it's just like eh. with a lackey. It's like mm. for their for their match they had at Slammiversary um, when they brought Chelsea Green back. They had um, Cardona and Chelsea tag together because obviously they're fiancés um, against Brian Myers and Tennille Dashwood, um, who was Zack Ryder's girlfriend years ago. <laughs> uh that oh. was brian myers heelish move was he brought back zach Ryder's girlfriend from years ago <laughs> um, and uh, yeah chelsea green's actually spoken about the match and was like yeah it was a bit weird wrestling zach's ex but yeah it was apparently it was all fine it was all very amicable yeah. and whatever she's a nice they're both they're all nice people so but yeah she was like yeah it was a bit yeah. awkward a bit weird at the start but yeah, it was fine <laughs> it's fine yeah um and kind of final points of reference, really, before we move on to the league itself. Um, NXT TakeOver 36 is set for SummerSlam weekend. Um, on my Fucking on, hell, 36. Yeah, on my brother's birthday of the 22nd of August, the day after SummerSlam, which is a bit weird. Um, with some big matches already somewhat announced, um, following its postponement from uh, NXT UK, um, the UK men's title will be defended on the show with Walter versus Dragonov 2, which is going to be... Wolf. Um, oh. It's kind of a guilty thing, I've got to admit, but I've not seen the original <laughs> Dragonov versus Walter match. It's been on my list forever of things that I know I need to watch because it was plenty of people's match of the year from last year. Um, but yeah, they're doing it again and they're doing it on TakeOver, so I presume it's going to be bonkers. Um, also, we're going to get into NXT spoilers because NXT is taped for the next two weeks. 
Um, mm-hmm. They're moving on to sci-fi for the next two weeks. I think they've been bumped by the Olympics, um, which I guess is fair enough. It doesn't come along that often. ECWWWE's old the original home. stomping ground. Yeah, NXT as well. Original game show NXT used to be on sci-fi for a while. Oh, shit. Um, so weirdly, some kind of homecoming for NXT, even though it's a very different show to what it used to be. Um, but yes, uh, announced on the taped shows that haven't aired yet, um, Samoa Joe's in ring return is going to be a takeover. Oh, fuck! Samoa Joe versus Karrion Cross for the NXT title because um, they've been kind of clashing with him being Regal's uh, kind of head of muscle uh, to kind of bring some order to the show and carrying cross as being a he's being a right little scoundrel so <laughs> <laughs> so Samoa Joe and carrying cross have been kind of butting heads and finally Joe has been approved to, to come back to the ring to to give carrying cross a bit of bit of a beating a bit of what for um and also uh not formally announced I don't think but basically announced for the show um dakota kai has turned on raquel gonzalez um so that's probably going to be the women's title match for the show will be dakota versus raquel um which yeah i think they could have lasted longer as a pairing i'm i'm not gonna lie other than dakota kai i really have no idea who the other lady is raquel gonzalez the women's champion yeah (laughs) um basically well this this is something i was actually going to say is Gonzalez, she is good in how like she's a big imposing lady. Her in-ring work is fine and there's not yeah. much of a character to her. So I'm personally not massively into Raquel Gonzalez either, although I can see why they're pushing her because she's a big, impressive looking lady. Um, In my kind of dream booking scenario, I would have Kai win the belt because I think Dakota Kai is really talented. Um, and yeah yeah i i'm sure it'll be fine like i say i think the the pairing could have lasted longer because dakota brought a lot of the character to that duo and i don't know how gonzalez is going to do on her own if she retains um Mm. but yeah we'll see um as mentioned previous yeah it's been taped for the next two weeks um and i'd say nxt has been consistently pretty good um but nothing that would really blow you away um i would say the Cameron Grimes and LA Knight feud has actually been a lot funnier than I thought it would be. Um, <laughs> obviously, both of them are very funny, entertaining guys, but um, it seemed a bit kind of, I don't know, like it was going down a very obvious direction as soon as Cameron Grimes had to become LA Knight's butler after um, Knight won the last match. Um, I thought it was going to be a case where it's like, obviously Knight's going to be treating Grimes like shit. And then Grimes is going to hate it. And then we're going to root for Grimes to finally break free of this tyranny. Um, but instead Cameron Grimes is having a great time being LA Knight's butler. Uh, he's loving the job. <laughs> Anytime LA Knight asks him to do something, he's like, all right, yeah, I'm just going to go fucking do it and do my best and all that sort of thing. And that's really pissing LA Knight off that he's not hating the job. Um, and I think that's a really funny little, kind of uh subversion of what this story like usually a, is like an opposite to the baron corbin stuff sure yeah it's like yeah he's in a shit position but cameron grimes is so infallibly positive that he's just like he's having a great time being this butler and la Knight's like no i'm giving you all these jobs so that you fucking hate life and you're just not <laughs> and it's a really i think it's kind of interesting i like the way that they've kind of turned it around on that side um i also think hit row really really good um swerve's group 
that's kind of like a highlight for me on the show. Um, as well as the women's division in general is also still one of the better women's divisions out there. Um, even though, as I said previous, I'm not massively a huge fan of the champion right now, Raquel Gonzalez. Um, we actually had Gonzalez defending the title this week on NXT against uh, Zia Lee in the main event, um, where apparently Zia Lee got injured. I didn't catch it, um, but apparently they kind of called off the match early because Zia took a bit of a knock somehow. Um, yeah, but Raquel retained. I'm not massively into it, though. I will say I'm all in on, on Zia Lee instead. Her, her her gimmick is basically she's from Mortal Kombat. Yes, <laughs> I, I, I do like I do like the very shit gimmick like vi- promo videos that they've given. Yeah, her. the whole Tian Sha thing. The, she's got this mysterious the, leader lady and, and boa and it's suit. Like, <laughs> it's it's great. Yeah. It's great. It's the right kind of wrestling shit that I'm into. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't mind the supernatural stuff when it comes to wrestling. You have to do it right. Uh, I think there's a yes. scale of, of where it becomes more and less acceptable. Um, and yeah, Zia Lee stuff, it's like, there's nothing too spooky going on right now. Um, it's not like Alexa Bliss hypnotizing someone on the main roster or something. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I like the Zia Lee gimmick. I don't know who's going to take the title from Raquel, because I don't think Dakota's going to... Um, no. we'll see. Uh, I, th- I think it might be a... Let's show Zia Lee as this fucking killer that she is. Hopefully. Hopefully. Uh, because her Instagram is just filled with her posing. Yeah. She's got big um, muscles. For such a little she's lady. Got big mus- she's a big muscle lady, so... <laughs> um, yeah. Um, and the final... Of Triple H likes. Yeah, of course. Um, and the final the final news bit, very tiny news bit, from weeks and weeks ago, but we never actually got to report on it, um, was Bailey getting injured. Um, yes, in a freak training accident. Yeah, so it happened at the Performance Centre during some get ready for the fans coming back training, which I mean, does she really fucking need that in the first place? Um, she tore her ACL. Well, we'll be out for nine months. Um, she's already undergone surgery for it as far as I can see. Um, but yeah, horrible timing for Bailey because she's been one of the most entertaining people in the Thunderdome era. And it sucks that we'll yes. have to wait even longer to see this kind of more confident version of heel Bailey in front of fans. Because I think before the pandemic, she still wasn't fully there with the heel thing. She was like, all right. She was getting into it. Wasn't but she's she? like come she, into she, her own over the past kind of year or so. And that would be a great character in front of fans. And it's a shame that we're just going to have to wait ages for it. Royally pissing people off. Yeah. Live is exactly what WWE needs. Yeah. At the minute. And the current crowd would eat it up because they eat everything up right now because <laughs> they're just happy to oh, be yeah. there. So, Yeah. Hopefully this is this is actually the like best time for WWE to be doing their stuff mm. because like you said like the fans are just fucking lapping everything up it does not matter what it is yeah, it's weird to watch who it is uh it could be anything and everything yeah well speaking of the fans lapping anything and everything up um i guess it's time to get into the league business oh shit Oof, we're going to yeah be covering the Money in the Bank pay-per-view, as well as the Raw and SmackDown that followed. Um, so when we last left off, um, I was still in front with Joel nipping at my heels um, and Lauren and Ollie battling it out for third and fourth place uh, with a matter of three points between them. Um, so things are getting very interesting and somewhat closer. Are you 
Are you getting a little bit nervous there, Jacob? Uh, I admit that I am, yeah. <laughs> um, Are you getting nervous that the fact that my bet on Nikki Cross... I can't believe it's paid off. I has finally paid off. It took an entire season. I shit you not, after Money in the Bank, on during the day on Monday, I had a look on the website and was like, Nikki has the briefcase. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure no one has her. So I went and looked to trade her over. And I was like, she's not on the list. Does someone have her? And then I looked and I was like, oh, of course, fucking Joel has her. <laughs> <laughs> so I did look I to claim saw, Nikki on Monday. But... I saw that gimmick change and I was like, something's going to happen oh, with this. She's going to be on TV at the very least a lot more than she was before. So, yeah, um, there have been changes on my side of things, um, but I will I will get to that a bit later on. Um, so, yeah, Money in the Bank happened um, this time a week ago. Um, one of the big five pay-per-views, um, as it's kind of like uh, always uh, one of the more exciting shows, um, as it usually has kind of bigger implications for what WWE are going to be doing over the next year. Um, it's always fun to see who they're going to push with the briefcases and such. Um, so yeah. yeah, and also as we mentioned before, the the fans are back. Um, so as a as a blanket statement, I suppose I'd say that they've been great for all the shows so far. Um, and I, I personally, I think the fans have been sorely missed. Even when it's a bad show, yes. if the crowd is hot, it makes it more slightly more enjoyable at the very least. So very happy that we're in a position now where we can somehow get at least semi back to normal. Semi back to normal. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. Um, see how it goes. So Money in the Bank had seven matches on the card um, with wins for the Usos, um, Nikki Ash, as we've mentioned, um, Omos and AJ, uh, Bobby Lashley, Charlotte Flair, Big E and Roman Reigns. Um, so before we get into the actual matches themselves, um, there weren't a mass, uh, amount of bonus points as it's a pay-per-view and it's usually just straight matches. Um, mm -hmm. but the bonus point MVP is none other than my previous boy, Jinder Mahal. Um, <laughs> as he managed to score, I think it was around 23 points, um, despite not being on a match on the show, um, because he attacked Drew during the Money in the Bank match, um, and effectively removed Drew from the match. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm gonna be honest. Not a fan of Jinder Mahal's current thing Him and with Shanky and Veer. Yeah, it's just shit. <laughs> um, I'd say it's a feud that I feel like has to happen at some point. With Drew being as popular as he is, it's only natural that his but... old partner would come back and be like, "You left me behind." Um. And it's something for Drew to do while he's not fighting for the title. Because even as a massive Drew fan, I'm like, he doesn't need to wrestle for the belt again for a long time. Um, no, he's, so... he, he did it. He did it. Like, it's it's like the... I'm sure we'll get into it. The current potential uh, person <sighs> aiming for the belt. <laughs> yeah, we will get to that. Don't you worry. Um, but yeah, headlines for, for the show itself. Um, We'll pretty much be running down more or less everything that happened. Um, I suppose most importantly of all of them being uh, Biggie and Nikki Ash or Nikki Ash. I'm just going to call her Nikki Ash because every time they say Ash, it's like it sounds better. Yeah, just trying to say Nikki Ash every time. It's just a, a mouthful. Um, so yeah, Biggie and Nikki Ash um, won the cases. Um, the Money in the Bank matches themselves, I think, were pretty good, but nothing you haven't really seen before um yeah watch it watching the highlights it was like ah they're all on the ladders and they're punching each yeah. other and they're rushing and then ah that's interesting nikki 
climbed up and snuck it in and stuff like that. That was going to be the one thing I was going to mention was that the ending to the women's one was actually probably the most entertaining thing about it. Where it's like, yeah, they're all just fighting each other on these ladders. I'm just going to run up the middle and just steal the briefcase while they're not looking. And I'm like, finally, someone applied some fucking logic to this. (laughs) That's her superpower (laughs) is is, is subversing wrestling logic. Yeah, I would genuinely love to climb the ladder. And she watches TVs from the right angle. Eventually, yeah, she's going to be doing like the Samoa Joe thing where someone dives at her and she just walks away. And she's just like, no, I'm not, why would I stand there and take that? I'm obviously going to walk out the way. Fuck, <laughs> that would actually be a great gimmick for her to start adopting. I would kind of love it. Um, but yeah, um, I imagine Big E, um, he'll hold on to the case for a while. Um, I think he's probably ultimately going to go after Bobby, obviously, instead of Roman, um, especially after how the Kofi match went on this pay-per-view. Um, and, uh, Nikki has already used her case, um, which we'll, yes. we'll get to in a bit, um, when we get to raw, um, speaking of the ladies, actually, um, there's been big changes in general to the women's roster following the releases from the past couple of months, um, with mm. Zelina Vega being brought back. Um, yep. And removing yeah. any mention of unionization from her. Twitter. She must've really believed in that cause, mustn't she? <laughs> um, and also Shotzi Blackheart, Tegan Knox, and Tony Storm have all been brought up to SmackDown. Um and Shotzi Blackheart has had her name changed. Shotzi is just Shotzi. Um and I believe well the, the, officially I think mm, Tegan Knox is now just Knox. Um but they have said Tegan Knox on commentary, so it's a bit confusing. It's I'm sorry, like, it is one of my main sticking points with WWE is removing people's names. What is wrong with calling her Shotzi Blackheart? It's a cool name. It's a cool fucking name. Like, what? You're going to save a few pounds on ink? <laughs> yeah. Printing her name on the boxes? Yeah. You can just do that anyway. You can just call her Shotzi for short if you want. But So fucking dumb. Yeah. Um, Tony Storm debuted last night on... No, not last night, the night before um on smackdown as far as i'm aware she is still tony storm she's not just tony or or storm um so at least she's got that here comes tony (laughs) it's it's big tony (laughs) um i i have all of this my main takeaway is yeah i'm glad to see them on the show because they're they're all good wrestlers and then it's a shot in the arm for the smackdown women's division um who kind of desperately need it um I'm a bit sad for Ember Moon as she actually had a pretty good thing going with Shotzi and NXT as tag team champions and as just a tag team Mm. in general. And they've just brought up Shotzi to put her in a different tag team. And I'm like, why don't you just bring Ember with her? Because do you remember how well that went for them last time? Triple H is like, Triple H is probably there. Like, look, it's bad enough that uh, like this entire thing that produces the best content WWE has had in years is look, still looked at as yeah shit oh there's more of that to come too don't you worry <laughs> um, um yeah i just it just makes so much more sense on a couple of different levels obviously because they were already a tag team for one and also tegan Knox literally just came back she came back two weeks ago on nxt um yeah to cost candice LeRae and indy hartwell the tag titles she came back, cost them the tag titles, and has now been nowhere to be seen because she got called up. So it's like they set up a storyline for her when when she came back to NXT, and then she got called up. So it just it's just gone. And it's just like, gone. why would you not keep gone. Tegan in NXT to at least 
see this storyline through and then bring her up as her own thing and just bring up because Shotzi and Ember together. That would require WWE ah. to think with logic and planning just, instead of... It's all so the... slapdash. <laughs> yeah, like the entire company is a billion-dollar slapdash hack job. I don't know why sometimes. it's become so much worse this year. Because obviously the releases, obviously, yeah, were very context-free. They didn't give a fuck what they were currently doing at the time. They just released them. And it's like and they're even Vince applying that go- logic to their creative now. Like Vince is Vince and whoever's behind creative is like probably panicking that they've just lost like several of their major stars. Yeah. And like, God, you know, the Alistair Black thing probably fucking Oof. put a nail in the coffin for a lot of stuff. Oh, so funny how that turned out. Um, and like, like what you know, what women got released during that time, like the fucking Billy Kay and yeah, uh, Iconics, yeah. Their conics got released. Ruby like, Riot. Ruby Riot got released. So Tana Garrett like, as well, very... who wasn't really featured, but is also a really good women's wrestler that they could have done a lot more with. Like Shotzi Blackheart is very clearly filling in that portion of where Ruby Riot and Liv Morgan. They are the new Riot Squad. <laughs> yeah, like. Do you remember when Paige came back for like a few weeks before permanently mm. getting injured, um, and they it was like both. SmackDown and Raw had the same layout of yeah, teams. Yeah, the two, the, the two right squad three and uh, squads. Yeah, Absolution, Absolution, which was like, I'm the goth one. I'm, yeah. I'm the, I'm the pretty and one. I'm the fighter one. <laughs> I'm the fighter one, and now none of them are there. Yeah, except for Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan, yeah, still, still clinging on. And Mandy Rose, Mandy Rose is still there. Speaking of, Mandy Rose has been traded to NXT. Um, yeah, why? Been traded off to NXT <laughs> in exchange for Aaliyah. Um, why? So Aaliyah's, Aaliyah Aaliyah's is... moving to Raw. She is the uh, she's the girl who's been in NXT for a long time, um, of Indian descent. Um, okay. Who, okay, that makes more sense. Um, or at least Asian descent. I I, I don't want to get that wrong. Um, but she was one of the heavily featured people on their Breaking Ground series when the network launched about NXT and stuff. And her being okay. like disowned by her family for for wanting to wrestle and stuff like that. Um, she's been fine. Uh, she's never really been a massively featured talent. She's always been reliable. She's got a pretty good look about her. Um, she was one of Robert Stone's people in NXT recently. But yeah, she's been brought up. Yes. Th- okay, that's why. I think because it... Vince went to the Performance Center a few weeks ago. That was reported on to kind of look over things and see how people were getting on. And I think she might have been one of the people that impressed him. I think that's what it was. Um, she's got muscles. Yeah. So she's, she's, yeah, I think, I think you might see her as marketable or, or something like that. But yeah, she's been brought up. Mandy Rose has been um, sent to NXT, um, which, you know, isn't the worst thing in the world. NXT is still a she good could, product. Mandy Rose could do good things there. Because she's a good wrestler. Do good things uh, there. She's, you know, she could do with whatever improvement. Once again, breaking up another NXT, tag team, though, because she was tagging with Dana Brooke. Until now. Oh shit, like, I forgot about Dana Brooke. Who knows what Dana Brooke's gonna do now? Screw it, just uh, put Aaliyah the same with thing, <laughs> the same thing. The same thing that Dana Brooke always does, which is get piled in with somebody Somehow clings becomes on. Their, <laughs> becomes their best friend on Instagram and is like, ah, they're my friend for life, and then they go away. Yeah, yeah. Actually, something else that's not in my notes, uh, but is related to this as well, is uh, Naomi's been moved to SmackDown. Um... That's to coincide with uh, the Jimmy stuff. Um, <laughs> j- yeah, well, possibly. Hey, 
they're married. Bring put them on the fucking put, road. Put your together. wife on the road with you. Yeah. Um, like so. Also, SmackDown because as we said, a lot of these people have been brought over to SmackDown or brought up to SmackDown. Um, after the releases, it was SmackDown that was hit particularly hard in terms of they had like we have four women's wrestlers. So yeah, Naomi's bolstering that side of things as well, um, and she'll do great. I think I love Naomi on TV so much. Oh yeah. So, it's always a good barometer because I, I don't watch wrestling very often with Hannah in the room, um, but I like to do it every now and then because I like seeing how someone on the outside reacts to things. Um, one of the things that I did mention to you guys in the group chat was how lame the Viking Raiders seemed. Um, <laughs> she was just like, so are they actually Vikings? And I'm like, well, no. And she's like, so they're just Viking enthusiasts then. And- <laughs> And I was like, I, I guess they are. They seem like real dorks now, don't they? Um, and one of the things that she said positively about the show, as soon as Naomi came out and did the whole glow entrance and and you know all her kind of shtick in the ring and stuff, she was like, she is so cool. I really like her. She's also gorgeous as well. And I was like, yeah, Naomi's yeah. rad. <laughs> and she was like, why isn't she on the show more? And she was like, is it because she's not white? And I was like, probably... <laughs> Um, probably the reason let's let's be honest here like yeah. um she deserves um, so much better i mean i mean i say that she's had championship runs but she's never been a focus so yeah she does deserve better yeah she does, of course of course she does. She's, she's still so young she's been on the roster for so long but she must have got signed when she was really young because she's like at the normal age that you'd have wrestlers kind of in their prime in wwe at now Whereas, yeah, she's been on the roster for God knows how she's long. Thir- she's only 33. Exactly. And I'm like, she's been on the roster since what, 2010? Something like that? She's been, yeah, on the main roster, let alone stuff like developmental and NXT and whatever. Um, yeah, she's been around for ages. And yeah, she's only 33. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, Charlotte just saw a picture <laughs> of. And it's like, yep, yeah, of oh, Naomi. Yeah, I see. Yeah, she's really cool. Um, yeah, she's she's great. I I love the glow stuff. Um, and yeah, hopefully she'll be doing good things on SmackDown. Um, speaking of SmackDown, um, we've had new tag team champions. Um, in the Usos, as we mentioned, um, it was a great match. I'm sure they'll hold the belts for a long time. Is there a, a big part of the Roman stuff going forward? And uh, mm. yeah, good on him, I suppose. Good on him. Um, Bobby Lashley killed Kofi Kingston. Um, in a protracted squash match, um, I preferred it to the Brock squash when Kofi lost the title uh, to Brock on SmackDown. Um, pr- pretty much because Kofi got a little bit of offense at the very least, um, and also just having Bobby beat down Kofi for ten minutes makes it look a lot less fluky than Brock Lesnar's did uh, when Brock beat. Yeah, because it's like if you're gonna have Kofi get squashed. You may as well look at convincing and really put the guy squashing him over. So that's what this did. Whereas it was like with the one, the one on SmackDown against Brock, it's like, well, if Kofi didn't run and jump at Brock, it's straight into an F5. He might have actually stood a better chance. <laughs> Forgot that's how he that ran happened. and jumped at him and Brock just caught him, F5'd him and won. Oh, um, fuck. Yeah, I've told the story before, but I went to bed very angry <laughs> that evening. And that was the night that Hannah was staying over. And uh, I woke her up when I came upstairs. I got in bed and she was like, oh, you're okay. Was the wrestling good? And I was just like, don't fucking touch me. (laughs) I'm so mad. (laughs) 
uh it wasn't that aggressive but yeah um yeah so bobby killed kofi um in a squash as much as i don't want to see kofi get squashed at least they did it the right way but yeah um charlotte flair and rhea ripley um had an absolute banger of a match um despite their feud being absolute bollocks um because it was uh, we've said this uh, time I, and time again uh, yeah. about how who's the good guy who's the bad guy we generally don't know and i still don't know who it was supposed to be um but the match itself yeah was absolutely fantastic it was it was on caliber with the stuff they were doing at mania 36 um the crowd rightfully so were not ready for this at the start they they were not going to eat this at all uh they were just chanting for becky lynch um but they managed to turn well, them around she 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 did that like that that is becky lynch yeah uh oh what did she do she posted an Instagram that she was in the town. Well, yeah, it's like, like outside. she she does this because it's like, yeah, I'm in the town with my husband, who's also on the show. Yeah. So it's like, oh, it's not. I'm not saying I'm going to be there, but I could be. <laughs> I could be. Let me get you excited for nothing. Yeah, exactly. So everyone thought Becky Lynch was going to turn up at the start of this match, and so no one was having any of Charlotte and Rhea. Um, but no, the match itself was absolutely brilliant. Um. Specifically, Charlotte did a natural selection from the top rope, which was insane. I've never seen her do that before. Um, and yeah, uh, Charlotte won, which was kind of blair, but ultimately it doesn't matter in the long run um, nope, because... because of because of the money in the bank situation. Um, but yeah, I would go as far as to say this was my match of the night. I really, really enjoyed this match um, with Charlotte and Rhea there. Um, and finally, Roman retains, as expected, um, in a fun but uh, a bit too long match, I would say, against Edge. It did seem to go on a little bit, um, which just seems to be yes. Edge's thing since he's come back. His matches just go on. Um, yeah, he... I don't know if he's kind of it's lost that... that sense of things during his time off, uh, where his pacing is just like, no, I, I've, I've, I'm not wrestled in so long and I want to wrestle as much as possible, so my matches are going to be it's long. Just... It's just like, this didn't work out for Triple H yeah like it wasn't as bad on, as like his match with randy orton for instance but no that was that was legitimately abysmal was like so that sad. was a abysmal watch and it was just boring which was not the words you wanted to come out of anyone's mouths when edge had come back after yeah such a prolonged period well, of yeah time. everyone was so excited to see edge back not only in like the rumble but also yeah in like a proper singles match and yeah it just fucking went on and on and i was just watching this and i was like how are you managing to kill my hype for seeing Edge in a singles match for the first time in like 10 years? Uh, they somehow managed at Mania. But yeah, this wasn't nearly as bad as that. It was just a little bit too long. Um, the real news is obviously what happened afterwards with uh, John yeah. Cena coming back. He, 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 he came back. He did his... I was so happy to see him. I love John Cena. <laughs> John, John Cena can do whatever he wants Absolutely. now. Absolutely love him. Is is uh like is growing up growing up you learn two things. One, John Cena's not as bad as you thought he Absolutely was. Absolutely not. And Guy Fieri actually a kind of a nice it's the guy. Same. Yeah. Not as bad as he thought he was. Um I won't kind of I won't sugarcoat it and say that his match is back during his kind of like reign of terror in the late to mid two thousands was all good. Um, it wasn't no. nearly as bad as everyone made out and I regret 
spending so many years being on the fucking anti-Cena bandwagon. Um, and that's why when the Roman Reigns thing came along, I just didn't have the energy anymore to do it. I was like, no, you know what? This is what you want me to like. Fine. He's, he's all right. I'll like him. Whatever. Um, it's a different, the difference between Cena and Roman is that Roman is the better wrestler at this point. Yeah, probably. Um, but yeah, no, I was, I was so happy to see John Cena. I love him to bits now. I respect the hell out of him. Um, and, uh, as a side note, I saw Fast Nine this week that he's in. Um, How was he that? Was fucking rad! I <laughs> absolutely loved it. I need to go see it. Yeah, the biggest. I mean, the Fast movies are just the biggest, stupidest action movies out there. And oh yeah, Fast Eight is Fast Eight is a glorious like two and a half hours. And yeah, of I just, I just zombie cars. Yeah, I love it. Just turn your brain off, watch it. Don't think about the holes, the plot holes, or anything. Just don't think about it just enjoy them shooting a car into space and (laughs) and there you go um and also yeah of course yeah this was john cena's first appearance um in a fast and furious and his name is jacob in the movie well (laughs) i was meant to be it was meant to be Uh, (laughs) i'll be dumb you can be yeah um you can be john cena so yeah he basically came back and just kind of posed a bit just to say i'm back and didn't really do much else I'm going to do a wrestle, maybe. Yeah. Um, so points for Money in the Bank um, were 83 for Ollie, um, 113 for Joel, 121 for me, and 190 for Lauren. Lauren hey! coming out with all them points of Money in the Bank. Um, but how did Raw change things? Let's find out. Um, there were nine matches on Raw uh, with wins for the Viking Raiders and Matt Riddle, uh, Jackson Riker. Um, Natalia and Tamina, Reginald, Seamus, Bobby Lashley, Jeff Hardy, which is a controversial one, um, and Rhea Ripley, and then Nikki Ash, right at the end there. Um, so before we get into the main bulk of the show, the big bonus points boy was Drew uh, this week um, uh, with his many chair shots on Jinder and his squad. Um, they had like a backstage thing. Um so yeah, big points from Raw being Nikki Ash winning the women's title. Um, as we said previous, yeah, she won the Money in the Bank on Sunday and cashed it in on the Monday, um, following a rematch between Charlotte and Rhea. So hmm. Nikki Ash, women's champion. Um, women's champion. I know it was. Uh, it's a good moment for sure. for for old Nikki Nikki Cross. Yeah. The wee girl from Glasgow. Yeah, I never thought I'd see the day that she would actually win a main roster title. She always just seemed like one of those ones that she kept around because she had a character, but was never actually going to be elevated to the point where she'd win a belt. No, um, and now, I, as much as she says this is her idea, mm. uh, this is very clearly a Bruce Pritchard. Oh, it does. It does stink of Bruce Pritchard, doesn't it? Now you mention it, like. We need a Molly Holly was over. Yeah, <laughs> in the in the two thousands, go do that. It was probably a, a collaboration of sorts. I would imagine. If you can, if you can make Vince laugh, you can get you can have a exactly. Belt. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I didn't see this happening really. Um. I even thought that she might be one of the the first people to win a women's Money in the Bank and fail the cash in. Um. But no, she won it. She won it from Charlotte. Um, and yeah, I'm open to it. She seems to like the character, and uh, apparently, it's very popular with with Vince, as you say. He's he's big into yeah. Nikki Ash. 
Um, he's he's big into stupidity. That's what Vince yeah. is. Before we, we move on to the rest, there was a great stat that I saw courtesy of WrestleTalk um, about Charlotte Flair. Um, she now has the shortest title reigns for four separate women's titles in WWE. Um, <laughs> with the SmackDown women's title, the Raw women's title, the NXT championship, and the women's tag titles. Uh, Charlotte has the shortest reigns for all of them. Um, which just kind of speaks to how they book Charlotte Flair, where they're basically like, rack up the numbers, make her have as many reigns as her dad. And and that's all that matters. We don't care about the rest of the the actual reign itself. We just want the stats. So yeah, I thought that was particularly interesting and very indicative of how they like to book Charlotte. Um, also on Raw, where debuts and returns are plenty. Um, Carrion Cross. Mm debuted on raw without scarlet as we were talking about last time they seem to have split them up for the main roster for whatever reason even though i would have figured they would have been an act that vince would have loved together but apparently not um and he got rolled up and lost in a couple of minutes by jeff hardy um fucking stupid (laughs) i am sorry it is the stupidest stupidest thing there are so many people on that roster that you could throw yeah. at Jeff Hardy to get a quick win over, and you decided NXT's current champion? I don't know what the point of this was, yeah. There was yeah. no point. Because, like... No point. You bring up Karrion Cross. he's, as we said previous, he's very much a WWE production by the looks of him. He's exactly what they want. He's a big, dominant muscle man who's got scary and gimmicks and all that sort of thing going on. Um... And yeah, they bring him up and they have him lose to Jeff Hardy, who realistically, they've not cared about Jeff Hardy for a long time. Um, I think literally Jeff only has a couple of wins this year. Out of all the times he's wrestled, he's won like three times. I think the last time he won was February. Yeah, someone mentioned like other than like a gimmick match he was in, uh, it was him tagging with Carlito just after the Rumble. That was like the last time he won a match. Um, So... I think it's less about Jeff Hardy and more about Karrion Cross, but I'm just like, why would you bring up Karrion Cross and just embarrass him like this? Um, Fuck no. And apparently it's no made a lot of people in NXT very unhappy, rightfully so, because it's like, this is our guy right now. He's supposed to be the best of us, and he just got fucking rolled up like a chump in a couple of minutes. So. Yeah, it's stupid. Yeah. It's stupid. It's, uh, the whole. The, there are baffling choices across the board it's a w- weird way of showing off your nxt champion i i don't know if he's called up permanently i presume he is um uh i'm, I'm not entirely sure because why would you do this as a one-off <laughs> uh Fuck so i presume he's going to be working both nxt and raw until he loses the nxt title then he'll just be a raw guy um the only thing i think they can do from here if their booking makes any sense is you have Karrion Cross come out this week or next week, whenever you want to do it, and he absolutely murders Jeff Hardy. Like, eviscerates oh. Jeff Hardy. <laughs> um, and even even with the caveat of, like, Jeff Hardy cheating to win, mm. doesn't really fix this. No, not really. He's still, he's still a chump at the end of the day. You've got beat. Yeah. So he's a chump. the only way you can salvage this somehow is is you kind of get his mystique back by just having him absolutely demolish Jeff Hardy, either backstage, bloody him up, do whatever. Um, or like, yeah, just smash him through the ring or something through the commentary tables. I don't know. Um, 
also, um, speaking of returns and and debuts, we have Keith Lee coming back. Uh, Keith Lee's back yeah. on, on the main roster. Um, didn't see that coming, but it makes sense that maybe he was in a position to come back a little while ago and they were like, well, just hold off until you're in front of fans. Um, we still don't have much idea as to why he was gone, as far as from what I've seen. Um, no, uh, potentially medical. Seems but... to be the case, yeah. It's like not an injury and not like a creative no. thing. So I don't know if he was like ill with something, yeah, um, or whatever. But luckily, yeah, he, he's back and he seems to be great. Um, very happy to see him. Um, he lost to Bobby Lashley, which some people were really unhappy about. But I'm like, you brought him back and put him right in there with the world champion. That's got to mean something. And yeah, he's not going to beat Bobby Lashley, is he? When you throw him back in there. But at least it means that he's an important enough guy, I think. Um, if they throw him in there with Bobby straight away as he's coming back. Hopefully that's a good sign. Um, and final point for Raw, as we also previously alluded to, we have Bobby's next challenger for the WWE title at SummerSlam, and it's Bill Berg. It's Bill Berg. Oh, God. He's, he's, he's just in time to have an August oh. run, and then, you know, Rosh Hashanah's oh. coming in September, so, so he'll be gone again. over Goldberg. <laughs> I've been over Goldberg for ages, but good God, there's nothing you could do to make me care less about the world title match than just put fucking Goldberg in it. Especially considering they've already done the thing of Goldberg got beat. Yeah, he's just gonna he's just gonna come in and lose again. And I mean, even if he doesn't, if Goldberg wins the belt from Lashley, that'd be even worse. <laughs> so it's just a lose lose situation either way. It's either gonna be bad or it's gonna be boring. Like, well, yeah, I don't. This is why I don't get. It's it's like a a constant problem with WWE and how they book their part timers. It's nothing new and it's nothing that no one said before. But these attraction talents that you bring in a couple of times a year don't need to be in world championship matches. They're an attraction no. enough by themselves. I don't know who uh, you put against yeah. Bobby instead, but that's besides the point. Mm. You don't need Goldberg to be fighting for a championship for people to go, oh shit, better watch that then. It's just, <laughs> just Goldberg being there is enough for the casual fans to come back. It's the same with Brock Lesnar. The same with... In a way, it's going to be the same with The Rock. I don't think you need The Rock strictly fighting for the title, and that's not what's that's not going to be what draws people in. It's going to be him versus Roman. But yeah, yeah, it's Goldberg is basically now poison to any modern day world title feud. It's just a, it's just uh, another semi big name that their champ can beat, like Drew did at the Rumble, and like Braun Strowman did at WrestleMania year and whatever, like two years ago or whatever. Yeah, because like you said, the most damning thing about it is that it's probably going to be boring. Oh, God, yeah. It went... The saving grace of these Goldberg matches is that at least they're not long. <laughs> um, they won't go longer than 10 minutes, which is which is good, because um, at least it doesn't take up much yeah. of your show. But yeah, it just yeah. kind of means that your WWE title feud going into Mania, not Mania, SummerSlam, um, it's just going to be boring. Yeah, I'm just not into it at all. Um so yeah that aside points for raw uh, were 63 for ollie 65 for myself 68 for lauren and then 123 for joel here yeah okay. baby Almost double the points of everyone else um so yeah creeping up there on the table i was looking at it and i was like all right okay it was still good it's still good um 
And uh, I was like, it's fine. Smackdown will come around and I'll make some points back. Um, and that didn't really happen. So <laughs> let's uh, get to SmackDown. Um, so there were five matches on SmackDown on Friday um, with wins for Finn Balor, Angelo Dawkins, Bianca Belair, Tony Storm, and Jimmy Uso. Um, so the bonus points MVP was Shotzi, um, not Blackheart, um, who got 24 points um, split between Backstage Beatdown, Kayfabe, Attack, Foreign Object, and D's nuts points, because um, she shot Baron Corbin in the willy with her tank. Um, <laughs> <laughs> television. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's the funniest fucking yeah. thing. Baron Corbin is killing it at the minute. I, yeah. I also really like the little detail that I. I it's a, maybe a major detail, but it's like a little yeah. one because they haven't really pointed to it. That Baron Corbin hasn't kept his head shaved. No, his hair's growing out. His hair's growing out, but he's unfortunately bald on top he's now. He's looking pretty sad, yeah. So it's perfect. Yeah. He knows, like, okay, if I'm meant to be broken, lost everything, and coming out disheveled, I can't come out with a clean shaven yeah. head. The dude has a. He can't wrestle for shit, <laughs> but he has a mind for the business. He's fine at what he does, yeah. He, he does a he does a nice he does a nice finish. He does he does a great it. deep six, which uh, yeah, a deep a six and he, and he and a big boot is basically what if Test was any good. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I've been a, I've been a fan of the Baron Corbin character recently. Um, he looks like a schlub. He's down on his luck. He's set up only Corbs. Um, well, a crowdfunding website where it's just like, please donate to me, and no one donated to me. Um, and yeah, it's kind of accidentally insulting Kevin Owens by being like, Kevin, you must have money to spare because you clearly don't spend money on your wardrobe. So you've got money to spare for me, right? And all that kind of thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a fan. Of, it's very cathartic. After years of seeing Baron Corbin being this this heel who you just like, oh, just fucking go away. Um, now he's down on his luck and really going through it. It's kind of entertaining to see him on his ass for a while. Um, on his ass. So yeah, big things that happened on SmackDown uh, would be Cena officially challenging Roman Reigns for SummerSlam, um, to which Roman Reigns respectfully declines. Um, so instead, Finn Balor comes out, and Finn Balor's challenged him as well. Um, and Finn Balor, yeah, he he's seemingly getting the match, maybe not on SummerSlam, but on SmackDown in a week or two at the very least. And uh, yeah, he's back in general. Um, we already kind of mentioned it in the past. Um, but yeah, Finn Balor's back. As far as I can see, he seems to be back to smiley, happy main roster Finn, which is a bit shit. But yeah, Finn Balor. Yeah, Finn Balor doing Finn Balor things. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we'll... happy smiley face, dick in the camera. Pretty Finn much. Balor. Yeah, it's winking at you. Um. So yeah, Finn Balor probably going to go in a match with Roman in the next week or so for the title. Um, because Cena versus Roman is definitely still happening. Um, we also had Edge and Seth Rollins feud heating up, which is also looking to happen at SummerSlam. Um, may as well mention this now, as I've just mentioned both of them. Um, I have traded away um, Rey Mysterio and uh, someone else. I can't remember who I traded away. Uh, I can have a look for you. But it was... I've now got Edge and Finn Balor on my team. Yes, you dropped uh, Legend... 
Nia Jax. Nia Jax, that's right. She's not been on TV in ages. She has been a legend for me in previous weeks. Um, when she oh was, yeah, she was one of your she was one of my highest points people, earners. Yeah, early on when she was a dominant women's tag champion. But ever since they lost the belts, she's just not been on TV. So and uh, mean mean meanwhile, um, it looks like Ivar and T Bar haven't really done much for you either. Oh, those those have been traded away ages ago. Oh shit! Yeah, no wait. This is just the when you click it through shows your, all of to them, your team. Yeah. It, it shows everything without. So my list is probably yeah. quite big because I've chopped and changed quite a few times. Uh, but Tamina still living on your no, list. Tamina, yeah, I mean, I've got, I'll see her through to the end. She's still the tag champion. Um, uh, for for context, Charlotte, um, Tamina is shit. <laughs> she is really really bad. But once a year, they sort of give her a push on TV. Like, uh-huh. let's give her a go. They try to like. Let's give her a go. Let's see what happens. <laughs> but she's shit. Yeah. She's always been shit. And now she's in her mid 40s and she's still shit. Yeah, but. My... But they've given her a belt it's now. Massive... They've given her a belt. What? For perseverance? <laughs> it's a, it's a participation trophy. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Like, it, well done. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she's she's got the women's tag titles with Natalia and part of a feud seemingly with Shotzi and Tegan now. So yeah, she'll still be on the show, and I'll I'll keep her on until the end of the season. See how she goes. Is she in pink and black because she's with Natalia? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. But yeah. Um, so yeah, Edge and Edge and Finn are now on my team in the lead up to SummerSlam because, as I say, I'm getting a bit antsy with how well Joel's doing. Um, I I can't have him making the comeback of the century, um, and and surpassing me right at the end there. Um. Part of this show worth mentioning it was from the Rolling Loud Festival, which is like a hip hop festival in America. Um, yeah, this looked like a cool. It was a cool setup. Them. Like they had the stage that kind of goes through the crowd a bit, so everyone, ca- so the people came out and then walked up and down the stage, and then back towards the ring again. Um, the matches themselves were nothing really to speak of. It was Angelo Dawkins versus Chad Gable, um, and Bianca Belair once again beating Carmella to retain her um, her title um so yeah the matches themselves were fine it was a cool atmosphere um realistically the the main thing worth well newsworthy thing worth mentioning was the screen falling over earlier in the day um the big screen that they have apparently fell over and uh didn't hurt anyone or whatever but it was quite a scary moment from what i understand um and yeah we've already kind of mentioned it but i wanted to highlight it in my notes here uh, about the the broke corbin character um so yeah that's kind of funny and what actually weirdly one of the better parts of the show right now so uh points for smackdown um were 15 points for ollie uh 19 for lauren 32 for myself and then 85 for joel so he's clawing it back some more with smackdown i'm only 60 something points away from you jacob yeah. so on the road to SummerSlam, now that we're we're only a few weeks away um our final points totals for now are 1658 for ollie 1690 for lauren so she's widened the gap in the battle for third um 2132 for joel and then 2199 for myself so yes it's too close i can, <laughs> I can taste the also the very real autograph signed photo <laughs> of Hair General, Herr General. Uh, Christopher <laughs> Daniels, who <laughs> who unfortunately died a few of years course, ago. Yes, at Bound for Glory in the Ultimate X match. Yes. Um, <laughs> so yeah, this uh, this whole thing is too close. I had a two hundred point lead not that long ago. 
Um, nope. And uh, Nikki Ash coming uh, through to, you know. I'm scared. It, I, I think it helps that all the women I have on my uh, ros- roster at this point, except for Asuka, are belt holders in some capacity. Yeah. Well, you've got Natalia and uh, Bianca and Nikki, yeah? Yeah. Oh, damn. Um, you're, you're, you're big big for the women. Um, I'm big for the women. Yeah, so... <laughs> and I've definitely got Eva Marie. Do you? Yeah. Wow. Well, you never know. She's so, on the show most of the time. I might, I might, I might put Dewdrop on as well. Bring Dewdrop in, yeah. Uh, Whatever happened to Cesaro? Where's Cesaro at? Cesaro was on. He was in a six-man tag, I think. No, he he interrupted oh. a segment. Sorry to help Big E with something uh, this week. Oh, okay. He's just kind of off, so fallen he's... off the radar since his world title match, which is a bit of a shame. Um, yeah. So, oh well. Yeah, I reckon he could be a good next challenger for Apollo in the IC belt. But I guess we'll see. I forgot about Apollo. Yeah, I've still got him on my team. Um, he did a promo, I think, on SmackDown this week. Um, but he's not wrestled in a while. So, yeah, hopefully he still keeps making points for me. But we'll see. Um, so, yeah, it could be the the comeback of the century uh, from from Joel. Uh, we'll have to mm. wait and see. But all, all that... Up from fourth last time. Exactly. It really would be the, the miracle kid, as Michael Cole would call it. Uh, the true underdog story. Um, of Joel going from fourth last season to to first this one, um, but yeah, we'll have to wait and it's, see. Summer Slam's in less than a month, um, so it's boss time. It's boss time, and I'll leave you with that. Excellent, thank you very much, Jacob. Thank you, Joel. Bye. Bye. <laughs>